Hey, you. Hey. Yeah, you. Me? Just a few people turned off there because I don't know if you know that intro. That's a... A few people will know what I just did there and they won't want to admit why I, know why I did that. This is the Lost Art Podcast. I'm here. I'm Paul and I'm here with Gar. Shabba. Shabba. Had a couple of little uh, shandies before we started this I one. personally don't drink. No, me neither. I, I thought you did. I gave it up a while ago. I was just drinking shots of tea, hoping yeah. you would think that that well, was... Uh, what I have been doing is... Like, God, I've been I, living a lie. Yeah. What I do is I get a, I get a couple of uh, bottles of non-alcoholic lager. And what I like to do then is I like to throw some turpentine. Or you can throw paint. a big hard L into the middle of lager is what you try and do. What? Largler. Lager. 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 But yeah, I get non-alcoholic and I just bang some base alcohol, maybe some hand sanitizer or something in there. Yeah. Just to spice it up a little bit. And uh, that's what I, because I, it keeps the inside of me clean. The inside of your physical body would My be clean. My physical body. But the inside of your soul is I might, might scrub the soul and send me straight to heaven afterwards. No, some of the things you've come out with in this podcast are just downright I, no, disgusting. I personally downright. Think, <laughs> I personally think that I've been nothing but a gentleman. Today we are doing haunted songs. So this is songs that have been recorded under spiritual duress. Spiritual duress is a great fucking term. I was thinking duress. Could never an album, wouldn't it? Yeah, spiritual. Let's duress. make an album. Do you want to make an album? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was walking down the street. I'm Paul and Gary. And the ghost got me. <laughs> All right. Stop this now. <laughs> These are songs that are recorded under some sort of a weird <coughs> creep. Some of them are uh, studios that have been haunted. Yep. I think actually mostly studios that have been. A some, lot of them, yeah. Some sort of weird things. So there is places that you, uh, there is haunt. I don't know how much I buy into the whole um, haunted things, but I do believe that there is, um, I'm not religious. I'm not even particularly spiritual. I'm just a fucking cynic mm. with everything really yeah. I'm very that's Witcher. bullshit that's bullshit Witcher. someone's telling me about tarot cards I'm like that's bollocks my hole. <laughs> have a big bowl of fuck off for however, your breakfast <laughs> however no. I do think that there is things that have happened in the world that leave a spiritual like a scar scar on a landscape of a I do believe that you reckon I do believe that actually yeah I do believe that there is a um, uh, spiritual resonance in certain places that mm. are thick with the past. Well, I'll tell you what I think. Go on. Right. First of all... Bearing in mind that we're doing a Hunter Songs podcast. Yes. yes, please do. Here's what I think. I think that Bigfoot is real. You do? You're a, you're a big Bigfoot fan. I you have know? a Bigfoot tattoo. I have studied Bigfoot my entire life. You're so into Bigfoot. I love Bigfoot. Right, love Bigfoot. What? Qu- quick question: What's the difference between Bigfoot and the abominable? That's the drink hitting the hard R's and the O's. The abominable snowman. I don't know the difference between a the two. A couple of thousand miles. Be about That's it. That's it. Yeah, pretty much. Oh wow. Yeah, uh, it's like a brown bear and a polar bear. Pretty much. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Pretty okay. much. There's probably more evidence for the abominable snowman, otherwise known as the Yeti, than there is for Bigfoot. Right. Yeah. Like there uh, apparently are bodies and pieces. I love pictures of huge animals that are bigger than they're supposed to be. Yeah. And Reddit and stuff are like, yeah. look at the size of that turtle. Yeah. Well, you, well Bigfoot is interesting. That because Nicaragua killer turtle or whatever <laughs> yeah, the fuck yeah, it is. Yeah. Look at the size of that yeah. god. Look um, at that absolute unit. What's interesting about Bigfoot is that Bigfoot absolutely did exist at one stage in yeah, sure. time. Yeah. Giganta Gigantopithecus, it was called. Right. <laughs> Gigantic pitfalls. Fair fucks to you. Right. I would have went. <laughs> gigantic pitfall. Pit, yeah. um, gigantic pitfall. Actually, would have been a gigantic pitfall to say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was a real creature. 
that really existed that was a big giant fucking ape, right? Yeah. He did exist in IRL, in real life, in the world. Mm. Now, whether he is still running around forests of uh, America in uh, the Pacific Northwest is... It's interesting because you don't have to have... Let's tell you what. Let's not do a Bigfoot podcast. But what I will say is, I do believe <laughs> like, that there's something there we haven't even done there. But when it comes to ghost stuff, here's what I think. I have been privy to a couple of weird things in my entire life, right? Stuff that I cannot explain. I've seen... There's a lot of stuff I can't explain just based on <laughs> my lack of education. You fucking everything up, like, yeah. same as me, yeah. right? Why did you do that? Why didn't you go to you school? Know, it's it's weird. I, I weirdly do believe sort of in ghosts and I don't believe in... Jesus Christus, Jesus Christ. No, Jesus Christ Savior. is nonsense. Yeah. It's absolutely nonsense. Unfortunately, it's absolutely We just lost bullshit. all of our South American listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's what I think. I believe in a multiple universe where there are layers of reality sitting on top of each other. And I think there are parts of our Earth that are thinner than others and that's when it can bleed in yes the veil yes the veil can that's what i believe thin veil uh i think it's interesting way of thinking about it related to string theory the whole multiple universe um where every action creates a new universe where that action is seen through seen to so like there will be a world where you're me and i'm you there's one where you've got an extra eyebrow hair you know what i mean like every single option and I could be plucking that in the car and I turn and smash into someone yes. and then Tupac doesn't yeah. get born. Exactly. But, but by you <laughs> saying that, that has happened now. Oh, no. A, a world has spawned off where that Even though he was born happened. before me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Only 10 years before you. Tupac was yeah, not that Yeah, but I wasn't old. driving when he was a baby. Yeah, but Suge Knight might have been. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. We started? Oh, no. So anyway, it's coming up to the Halloween season yeah. and we, we're going to do um, a haunted... Uh, songs that have been recorded in a haunted scenario we should also mention that we are doing a l- not a live podcast because that would uh, be difficult for it's now, happened already we're doing uh, we, we've done a lot of live podcasts yeah. but we're doing um, a night where we just play songs yeah that was uh, uh, three days ago when this comes out that's already done yeah oh, that's bullshit so mm-hmm. we uh, we did we have done a great it. time I reckon it was savage and we got a little couple of little... Uh, we got a little present. Present. We got a little present present off uh, Pierce Lyons. Pierce Lyons. Yeah, the distillery, the new distillery in Dublin 8, in the Liberties. And they dropped us down a beautiful bottle of whiskey and a beautiful bottle of gin. And I'll tell you why. Me and whiskey, as much as I loved it when I was growing up, into my maybe from my... Like as a babby, like. Well, well, well grape water. Forced with grape. Remember gr- grape water? Real sweet. Do you remember grape water? I don't Unreal. remember anything as a baby. I, rem- I actually remember grape water. Did you just drink that? Do you not remember living in your dad's balls? Swimming? No. Just no. fighting all your little clones. Bam. That's crazy. Me being born is me, the, the only, the only example, historical example of me being better than anyone else in the world is when I won the it's race. one little stupid yeah, tadpole. That's yeah. me. Think about, everyone that's listening to this, mate, if you don't think you were the best at anything, mm. just remember that you were the best that day and that's all that matters. However, you, you ruined it all by having sex with your mother. Oh God. What? If sexual intercourse, no, that's the act of sex, right? You, right, as a man. So if you look up sexual intercourse in the dictionary and it's a penis inside a vagina, you being born, (laughs) your dick scraped off the side of your ma's box 
Please stop Will saying gave, this. Please stop saying Will this. she gave Please birth to you. Please stop saying these words. Therefore. Oh, I was having a great night. No man is a virgin unless they were cesarean. So yeah, I don't, I don't drink whiskey anymore because I had a bit of a fall now with it. Okay. It doesn't make me particularly violent. It just makes me argumentative over stupid stuff. So it, mm. it could be like even in this podcast, for instance, I'd be like, no man, that's not true. Blah, blah, blah. So, I ha- personally so have the best crack. No, you're different. Like, everybody has a different drink that makes them a simpleton. Yeah. Like in that regard. Tequila. Yeah, well, I don't like that. Yeah. Like people say, I, can, I love vodka, but people go, I can't. It makes me crazy, man. Really? It doesn't make me, cra- make me crazy. Alcoholic it makes me alcoholic water. Yeah, but yeah. people think that that's all a myth. It's not. It's not. So I'm getting the gin. I got the gin from that. Yes. And I, I'm very happy with that. It was delicious. And I got the whiskey. It was very delicious. Delicious um, new distilled fucking Pierce Lions. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you very much to Michael Carr. I'm not going to look. Michael's great lad. And yeah. I just love presents. I love presents that are not a Christmas with alcohol. Someone's come giving you some stuff. You know what I like? You know, as I get older, I like socks. That's crazy. So do I. Yeah. Good socks. Just that... socks and boxer shorts. I was 35 years old before I realised there's a difference between penny socks and actually good socks. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, we're so old. Until very recently, I never in my entire life bought a pair of socks or boxer shorts for myself. How did you get them? People just gave them to me. Not like people on the street or anything. But you know, like... Because you're a big fan of Bigfoot. They associated you Oh, you with have Bigfoot feet. socks? I do. Um, like Bigfoot t-shirts and everything uh, but uh, it's just one of those things that like at Christmas once you hit about 20 they're like what do you mean you, you don't like He-Man anymore have some socks and you know when you were a kid and somebody gave you clothes for Christmas you were sickened oh, sickened How dare stick you? that straight up your fucking gack that's a non-present yeah exactly that's basically a present for your ma yeah now I mean, now they don't have to buy you socks yeah. that's zero to me I yeah. was getting them free anyway yeah exactly thanks for that thanks now, for absolutely no now, avoiding a present for me now at the age I'm in mad into it can I you know what to do lads if you're buying presents for teenagers don't buy them socks wait for later and they will really appreciate those good old socks what do you, you know, teenagers like now Mi- not uh, Minecraft Fortnite 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 that exploded recently uh, bullying on Snapchat yes and um, what else that band Versatile Versatile now we should you know I have a great idea yeah we should do the podcast we should we should. We explained already this the haunted songs. The songs are haunted in so well the the studios were a haunted. Spooky the, team, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you are up force, I believe. I have my force. So imagine the scene, okay? Set the scene. It's nineteen ninety three. Woo woo that was the sound of an L cat. A cat and an L. <laughs> an L cat. An L cat. Meowl. Uh it's August nineteen ninety three. No, it's not. Oh sorry for the podcast. In my story, in my story. It's very Alan Partridge there. Killing Joke want to record a new album. One of our favourite bands. They are. They are. They want to record a new album. They decide youth and jazz get their heads together and they're like, do you know what would be great? If we recorded in Egypt because jazz had been living in Egypt around this time. Is that when he went missing for a while? Uh, this was before that. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> um, he did go missing. Yeah, yeah. That's another story. From the, we'll tell that story somewhere. Yeah. I'll mix that in here. That's a good story. So, uh, Jazz had been living in Egypt, I believe, and he was doing something with the Egyptian National Concert fucking orchestra or something. I'll tell you about the Egyptian National Front. I was like, oh, back off now, whatever. <laughs> They're going to kill... Is, is there a civil war here? No. Not yet. Not yet. Um, <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. So... They decided to record in Egypt because Jazz knew loads of really good studios and good local musicians and they wanted to get this kind of uh, esoteric kind of feel to this album. Esoteric? I'm full of savage words tonight. 
full of them. Well, the last one was in the last podcast, so I don't know about that. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> While you hear the word he comes out with next week. Um, so they decided to go to Egypt to record this album. Now, while they're doing it, Jazz, who was equally as mad as... Sorry, youth, who was equally as mad as Jazz. No right? one's as mad as no, Jazz. He, this is where it gets beautiful, right? Jazz is outwardly mad. Yeah. Right? Like, he is front yeah. towards enemy and say because he's speaking to the crowd yes. the whole time as the singer exactly right like the re- apparently the reason he paints his face is, is so ghosts can't find him oh you would 100% believe that <laughs> right but youth is just as fucking mad now youth is a very accomplished producer in his own right has, has, has been worked with a lot a lot of bands over the years he turns around to jazz and he says what if right bear with me here now jazz what if I have an idea that will get us into the great pyramid of Giza which you definitely can, you can barely even get in, let yeah. alone what record a song there. Yeah. <laughs> so Jazz turns around and says, do you, reckon, like, do you reckon we could get in there? So Ute says, watch this space. So off they go to Egypt and they have an, an interview. They have a sit down with the Minister for Antiquities in Egypt. Now, apparently Egypt is broken. Okay. It's just, it's fucking corrupt as fuck. So they go in. We're recording this just as Mo Salah scored a goal against <laughs> Genk. Are you getting your your updates, are you? Yeah, sorry, massive Liverpool fans. So mm. just as the King of Egypt just scored a goal. Yes, Mo. There you go. Yeah, he probably wasn't there the day this happened. So they go in. They sit down. Jazz and you sit down with uh, the Minister for Antiquities in Egypt, and they say to him, "Listen, we uh, we're interested in renting out the 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 Great Pyramid for a little bit to do some recording." So, uh, apparently, there's two rates. There's a commercial rate, and there's like a uh, like a private rate. Like oh, man, a, that's just a pyramid scheme. Oh, that was so bad, I need a piss right now. That's how bad that was. <laughs> that made my body break. The walls that held the slash inside me... I'm so sorry. ...just broke down. The last line of the fence. Are you in denial? Uh, fuck oh, off. Oh, God, no. Fuck. Sorry, I'm sorry. Fuck I'm off. sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's two rates for the Minister of Antiquities to get access to the Pyramid of Giza, right? So they just lie to the dude. And they're like, yeah, we want to go in and uh, do a bit of praying. He could, to be fair to you, he could sell sand to an Arab. By the look of it, yeah. So he turns around, stop it. He's in the wrong country. Like, that's how much it hurts. I only have so many walls of piss defence left, right? They turn around, they say, we want to go in and do a bit of praying and uh, we might have a bit of equipment because maybe we'll make a, like a documentary about it, but it's all to do with like, the, right. the, you know, we're going to big up Egypt and how savages are. So your man's like, oh, I don't know, I think this might be, a, you might be, this might be a commercial usage. I think you're a band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be so, fair to Killing Joke, they're not a particularly commercial pushy. No. That kind of, they want to do this for the reasons that they want to do it. Yes. That's cool. So Youth pulls out £3,000. It was jocks. He was walking around fucking Cairo with the money stuffed into his boxer shorts. That's dangerous. Yes. So he pulls out £3,000 sweaty ball sweat money, slams it on the table. The Minister for Antiquities goes, you just bought yourself three days. So what they do is they, uh, they regroup and they stay with a friend of theirs who runs a yoga retreat just beside the, uh, the Sphinx. Sphinx? Sphinx? Sphinx, you mad Sphinx. bastard. Sphinx. Yeah. Sphinx. Fucking words. That's part of the neck. The Sphinx, the Leon Sphinx, right? So they they relocate to a yoga center beside the Sphinx, right? And they stay there for a couple of days, getting their shit together. They hire a couple of local musicians to add a little bit of flavor. They rent all this equipment, 
eventually they get their shit together and they go in. They rent out the Grey Hall in the fucking pyramid. Nice. So there's a good few of them that go in there. Turns out the Grey Hall's not that great. It's not that big. To get into it, you have to get on your hands and knees and climb in a hole well, in the ground. Well, dragging equipment. Well, dragging equipment, equipment and bases and yeah. guitar- drums. Now, what? No, what they decided with was they had all the music already pre-recorded, and they were only going to do vocals. They wanted to do the vocals for all the songs on the album in the Grey Hall. So they have to get in their hands and knees. They crawl in a hole. Then they go up this weird little staircase. And eventually they get into the Grey Hall. Now the Grey Hall, is, like I said, it's not that big. It's tight enough. So they set up all their equipment. They turn around. Or they make a phone call or send a message out saying, listen, can you turn the power off for a couple of hours? They we, definitely didn't make a phone call well, in the middle of a pyramid. Yeah, they, they got message out somehow. Can you turn the power off? We're going to light a few candles and get a bit of atmosphere going here. Now, they're saying that they had enough battery power to last them for 15 hours. Right. Okay? They had three solid days, right? 72 hours, whatever the fuck it is. They had enough power to last them for like 10 to 15 hours. They're going to run out, recharge that shit, get a couple of hours sleep, jump back in, record again. In they go, turn the equipment on, start singing. Everything goes wrong. Every single thing that could go wrong does go wrong. The batteries that are supposed to last 10 to 15 hours. Shooting Kermit, not a big Killing Joke fan. Not into it. He's probably not even in that place. The batteries last 10 minutes. Wow. Right? All the batteries start fucking draining all over the place. One of the locals that they hired to hold onto like a boom microphone, um, he apparently either falls asleep or passes out, goes into a trance while he's standing there holding onto it, has this dream that apparently lasts for hours, even though he's only asleep for like a minute or two, Fuck. where like the eyes of fucking Ra are chasing after him. So he snaps out of it. Mumra? No, not Mumra. <laughs> Actual Ra, right? So these fucking glowing eyes start chasing him through the pyramid. He snaps out of it, drops all the gear, fucking screams, runs out of the pyramid. Nobody knows what the fuck's going on. Batteries are dying. Everybody's panicking. Absolute mayhem inside the pyramid. So out they crawl. They're like, this is, a, this is bullshit. We're not going to get anything done. So the next day, I had to take a mouthful of gargle for this. I love Killing Joke so much. The best stories of bands in the entire world best come from band, Killing Joke. Possibly one of the best bands in the Probably world. Probably the best band in the world. But <clears throat> they go back in the second day. Jazz is like, I've had enough of this shit now, right? We're after paying three fucking grand to rent this place out. We're going to make the most of it. Jazz strips down to his fucking jocks. Wraps an old loin cloth around himself. Starts burning sage, right? Now, there's also a separate fucking story that apparently he might have done DMT or mushrooms as well while he was in there. He's a big fan of stuff. Stuff. And he just walks around the pyramid, rubbing the walls, explaining to the spirits that are in there that, listen, you know, we're artists and we're here to, you know, here for your glory and we mean no harm and we want to do this and... It explains to whatever the fuck is in the pyramid. What record label are you with, <laughs> exactly, though? Exactly. So he explains. <laughs> he explains. Is the it EMI? We don't like we, EMI. Like BMG can fuck off. Also, <laughs> um, so he explains to the spirits or whatever the fuck is in the pyramid that this is what they want to do. So this goes on. Eventually, they're able to get workable tracks for three songs. Now, one of the songs is Pandemonium which is the one I picked for this playlist. So good. It's outrageous. Now, apparently... Did we see this live only recently? Yes, we did see this live. Apparently, see tomorrow! Yeah, exactly. What a great Apparently, song. only the chorus that you will hear in the song, only the chorus is re- was recorded in the Grey Hall of the Grey Pyramid. So, or King's Hall, I believe it's called. Of the Grey Pyramid of Giza. 
They also recorded uh, Exorcism and Millennium. Millennium is also an yeah, absolute killer. Winner. Absolute stone cold killer. Um, Finally, by the way, these are only on Spotify recently. If I'm not, mistaken. they're not. What's weird about this album, uh, Pandemonium, is that the album is not listed on the Killing Joke. You need to search Pandemonium Killing Joke. It's not listed. If you click on whatever show all albums, it doesn't show. That up. was one of Raz's. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, it. The he, course continues. Yeah, he wanted only. Yeah, he was very, um, very implicit about not being. Now, on a recording by another, another interesting thing is that one of the reasons that youth wanted to record in um, in the Great Pyramid is it? Do you know what ley lines are? No, another word. I don't know what. Yeah, it is. so ley lines, ley lines would be geographical uh, lines. I hate reusing the word. The geographical lines are uh, unless you're talking about Pierce lines. Exactly, exactly. They, but they cover. Uh, the circumference of the earth so basically if you took a uh, you use star charts to, to, to go with your east west axis your x and y axis and you can draw lines across places and what happens is there are loads of kind of spooky places like haunted castles and haunted houses and shit and you will find we'll be talking about a lot of them today. yeah a lot of them there's a good whack of them um, you, you will find places of interest that can, are continuations of a completely straight line around the earth. Okay, so if you took uh, the, the world's biggest lump of rope and tied it to, say, the pyramid, and dragged it in a particular direction, in any direction, um, you will find multiple spooky places on the length of that rope. Savage. Okay, now there's one that's called uh, Saint Michael's Ley Line. And Glastonbury is on the same ley line wow. as the Great Pyramid. Right? Now, the pyramid's a line to not stars. Stonehenge. Not Stonehenge. Glastonbury wow. itself is also a, a druid fucking yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> Stonehenge is on another ley line, but this one's called... Yeah. I'm this one's this. called. I love this shit. Where you are sitting right now, apparently, is on a ley line. That's I feel a ghost in my bum. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's on the same ley line as Glastonbury, which is a 32 degree axis, I believe it's called. And uh, that's one of the reasons youth was interested in it. Because again, if you continue on that line, you'll find loads of places of interest. Like there are places where energy. Tato Park. Tato Park. The <laughs> world's largest wooden roller coaster. And Glastonbury and the Great Pyramid of Giza with the King's Hall. <laughs> now, Jazz also, because he lived in, in Egypt, was mad into it. And uh, he he was given apparently this is mad fucked up. The dimensions of the king's hall are the exact same as a credit card. What? Yes, right. So the shape of the hall. Oh, just obviously expanded. Yes. Okay. But the proportions are the same. Yes. Right. Okay. I get you. I get maxed you now. Out. Jazz is mad for fucking uh, numerology as well, which is when you listen to uh, Killing Joke, Killing Joke. Um, the second self-titled album, you'll hear Tool are the ones who kind of popularised num- numerology. I like Tool. Yeah. They're the ones who who actually kill a joke are on tour with Tool right now. Oh, yes. Imagine. But um, they're the ones who popularised the whole idea of numerology as expressed via drums. But Kill and Joke, I believe, are one of the first bands that actually use it properly. So they have there's things called sacred numbers that's related to like the idea of mandalas and sacred geometry. So you'll hear stuff happening in that second self-titled album that was Dave Grohl playing drums, where they described to him like, well, you know, five, three, two, six. So he tried to work five, three, two, six into the drum beat, 
they're, they're mad for this shit. It's yeah. fucking... We've talked about it before. They're absolutely mad yeah. for it. But apparently loads of people involved in this recording session experienced mad stuff happening to them while bits of this album were being recorded, recorded including one of the local hands who fucking had to run out of place because he was being haunted by the oh, fucking Horus or something in there. Now, apparently they'd set it up also that when they left after being in there for three days recording, they had this like big uh, Bedouin fucking fire festival outside, just lads dancing around in fire pits and fucking all the tri- like, Egyptian tribal drummers were outside Jesus. giving it the full malarkey and just bits of that that were recorded and incorporated into the album also. But that's my killing joke pandemonium fucking story. So that's Killing Joke um, in the Pyramids having less than good crack. Who's yeah. your next one? The next one is, I picked the Mars Volta. The song okay. is Aria Tarka from the uh, Delouse and the Comatorium album, which is one of the best modern prog albums. And you say modern at this 2003? What year was that? 2003 that came out? Yeah. It's still modern. Modern. Prog is modern. modern. Yeah, pro- you see, prog, the great thing about prog is it was pushing stuff forward at the time but now, how do you push stuff when you can't push it any further? Mm-hmm. It's still a prog. This was recorded in Rick Rubin's Lauren, Laurel Canyon uh, mansion in LA. The mansion. The mansion. So apparently from a lot of very famous artists, the Laurel Canyon mansion was owned by Rick Rubin is absolutely haunted. And they all said it was As fuck, same, apparently. As fuck. But, but, yeah. but they're not coming up with different stories. They're yeah. coming up with very similar yeah. stories, which just makes me think it's great. So... As far as I can gather, this... Do you ever see photos of what it looks like? I saw it from the outside. Yeah. It's fucking mad it's looking mental. from the outside. But there's all these different... He's got, like, different... Uh, he's got different buildings and, like, converted buses. Yeah, and, like, yeah. It's, low, it's like just, a, like, just like a watchtower yeah, or a yeah, clock tower and yeah. stuff like this. So, apparently, underneath this is a infrastructure of tunnels hmm. that link to other mansions. Wank tunnels. Wank tunnels? I don't know. It's like, like the sound thing? of it. Place you go to wank. I think if you own a mansion, you've got free reign to wank wherever you want. You what, don't have you, what have you wanted to wank somewhere else? Well, a subterranean wank tunnel. The reason tunnel. that these tunnels were made, we're talking this was built in the 20s. Mm. And do you remember what wasn't allowed? It wasn't allowed. I wasn't alive. We weren't allowed to gargle like this in the 20s. No suppage. Prohibition. Well, I'm only drinking hand sanitizer. I don't think that existed in the 20s either. No, I'm having a bit of Sanex. Yeah, it's good stuff. Delicious. Um, Neutrogena. So underneath this whole area is like an infrastructure to Neutrogena. other, to other, to other uh, mansions as well. Okay. It's like an underground railroad for Gargle. For Gargle, because apparently there was a place in Laurel County that would deliver you alcohol okay. through the underground. The justy of fucking Just, soup. Or... Uh, Drink, you know, you can get drink delivered there. I've seen on Justy. Literally, there is not Justy. There's a place oh, on yeah, Facebook yeah. called. Uh, oh, what's oh, there the, the people use go car. I've seen them deliver. They deliver in the middle like, of the night. sessions. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine the horror that they have to deal with? Yeah, I've seen them. They're all Brazilian people. God love them. They have. They, they put in the what? shift. Fair Bra- folks to them, lad. What? That's how to make an economy work for you. Get f- Brazilian people in who are genuinely a fucking massive fan yes. of Brazilian people. All Absolutely massive fan of them. I've seen them. I was walking home. I do feel awful bad for them for having to deal with the, drunk, the drunkest of us. Irish people. Yeah. Us. Let's, let's put it. So, the, the, weirdly enough, the, the infrastructure about the tunnels and all doesn't really come into the haunted aspect of it. So, it would, though. I wouldn't like to be down there. No, I wouldn't really. Like, actually, yeah. Wouldn't be into be it. A bit creepy. I don't know if Rick Rubin still owns this or not. I think he's still there. Yeah. He might be still there. So... A lot of artists that recorded with Rick Rubin, and I say with Rick Rubin, he... Apparently he's never there. He's never fucking yeah. there, man. He Comes in every two days, play it for me. 
He passes the stuff off. To, now, to be, he passes the Charlie work. If you're a fan of uh, Always Sunny, you know what that is. It's the grunt work yeah. to the to his uh, well, in, have, interns and, and stuff He'll like have that. Uh, in-house engineers and he'll have so other studies. But maybe back then he was a little bit more hands-on. So the bands that recorded there were Red Chili Peppers, Linkin Park, Marla Manson did it. Actually, Marla Manson was also um, completely skipped my first one. Uh, just straight on. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we'll go back to that later. Yep. Um, and So Red Hot Chili Peppers recorded yeah. there. This was this was supposed to be the, the guys that felt the full brunt of it. Mm. I think, like, the, 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 well, the, or else, fa- the or famous, else, or else they just do more interviews because they're actually really purposely. Possibly, the, the famous story about the mansion is the blood sugar sex magic sessions. Yeah, that's the famous one. That's the famous one. I, I know that when when we were doing our little draft, whenever we're doing these podcasts, we um, as opposed to one person just getting to pick. The, the six good ones or the six kind of easiest ones we yeah. do a draft where we have to draft because we will pick the same we ones will absolutely and, so, we, and, and we often say you bastard you exactly one, yeah, yeah yeah so like I'll, I'll do one Paul do one then the next one he'll do one I'll do one yeah um, we'll, we'll dump them into playlists so w- when we were talking about this one in particular the mansion was most certainly a place that popped up just because so yeah. many bands that had recorded there had experienced fucking uh, weird noises weird Door and slam. The, the main yeah. thing is with doors that wouldn't close. They yeah. were forcing the doors close and they yeah. were popping back open. This wasn't really a mechanical thing. This is a weird sort of thing. So Slipknot were one of the bands that recorded their third album there. So Volume 3. Savage. Subliminal Versus. Savage. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's great. Savage. Joey Jordison said he was doing laundry in the basement and he felt a ghost pass through him and into him. Jesus. And he said, I never want to go down to that basement ever again. I don't want to experience that. And he said, you like talking about it. Corey Taylor said he saw, I think... He saw a figure that appeared before him in a room, and he said, he, in mid interview, went, Actually, you know what? I actually don't like talking about this. Because I think, you know, when you think these are going to come to get me yeah. again, they, yeah. they, I, I've touched, let's not make it real by talking yeah, about it. Yeah. I've touched cloth here with, yeah. the, with the ghost, and I don't want it to follow me to the next thing. Um, Joey Jordison, again, like, like I said, it was one of the, one of the ones freaked out about it. The lead singer of the Mars Volta and at the driving, so Cedric said that. He had the same things. It was ghosts that he felt that passed through him, and there was doors that would not close. And if he closed them, they just pop back Oof. open again. Absolutely creepy stuff happened in this uh, Laurel Canyon. There was mm. no, there's no history of yeah, that's right. of anything really weird about happening here. Yeah, when some of the ones we obviously the pyramids. I mean, yeah. there's people buried there. There's no particularly weird thing that that particularly happened in this place that that they can pinpoint as a source of. Of death. Now, this will be one of the few, one of the couple, or, or maybe three, possibly places in LA. So I think LA is a bit more of a haunted history than you would think. Because LA, if you think about it, is kind of a more of a modern place. Mm. If you think about it, in, oh, absolutely, it is modern. It, it's an invented city to a degree. Like maybe, maybe it's an in. Uh, I was gonna say Indian, Native American thing. Mm. <laughs> it's 2019, Paul. We're not speaking in old terms here. So. Red Hot Chili Peppers also said a lot about this, and you yeah. know a little bit more about what Red Hot Chili Peppers said about this. They were kind of like... I think from the day they started um, recording in there, everybody had this feeling of unease. And also, you have to remember that this would have been one of the first big albums to be recorded in the mansion yeah. as well. So they had no prior history of... Um, 
this is people t- telling them this is haunted and weird stuff has happened yeah. or whatever. But because I think, there's no there's no history or story yeah, about it. Yeah. yeah, I think from what what I what I got in line, there's a couple of different stories that are that telling kind of anecdotal evidence about shit that they experienced. But as a rule, I think that what they put across was from the day they got in there and start tracking everything they done had a weird little experience attached to it. There wasn't a moment of any day where there wasn't like, who was that? And isn't it someone walk in there and someone leave? Blood sugar sex magic is their only actually good. I don't know. I think that might be nostalgia screaming at us. I still don't think that album's good. That album is their best. Is their best good? What I'm saying is it took a haunting of the butthole (laughs) for them to get that good. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. So Rick Rubin we will say still records there. The band still will, will go to Rick Rubin mm. all the time. We've discussed as to, we don't really know why. I don't think that albums that come out under the Rick Rubin banner are particularly like Rick anymore. Yeah, they're not anymore. Like Well, apparently you know I mean? uh, Steve Albini does the same thing where you could, like, if me and you wanted Steve Albini to produce this podcast, he will do it, right? He's an absolute like war hero. You know what I mean? Like he's just throw money at him, he'll do it. But apparently he has a team of like three or four underneath him. So as long as you can put his name yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. so he yeah. shows up like every second or third day, play me, he'll like he'll message one of his kind of uh, in-house engineers. Is there anything good going on there? Kind of, he's like, yeah, yeah. but he'll walk in and he'll say, like, have like 20 minutes of material ready and I'll tell you what needs doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you might, if you, you rented Steve Albini at whatever, five grand a week to do an album for you, then uh, you might get 20 minutes with him. Yeah, you know what I mean. That, like, to be fair, if he has the overall say on the, the like, if something pops up that someone can't do, they'll, they'll call him. But I do think it's a little bit weird what, to get think? that name to. Yeah, if you get that name for someone, you want that person to do it. Now, Rick Rubin's not hands on with his stuff anymore. No. He's Rick Rubin. You get that name on the thing, it looks fucking deadly. Yeah. Slayer, fucking Run the yep. MC, and you know it just looks great. Yeah. So I know he did at the drive-in. But this is the Mars Volta when they were recording this were like, yeah, creepy, creepy, creepy place to record. Mm. But this is one this was the reason I put it at the top of my podcast. It's not meaty as meaty as I would like it but to be. But what's meaty about it is the sheer legacy and volume of bands that have been there it, that yeah. have said and there's said something it. off there's something here. Really yeah. off with this place. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, who's your who's your one? Oh, fucking hell, you ready? Yeah. Roy, this is uh, one of my bands. This you, is you put one of your own I bands did. into the Last Hard Podcast. Okay, so I could tell a story. Yeah, or maybe sort of promote it. No, I'm only the joking. band. The no, band no, don't no, listen. I know you. Yeah. You're not that. The good. band don't. But I'm not going to really I'm not gonna, exist. I'm not going to stop slagging you about it. Like, that's okay. That's fine. You put the, what you're hearing in this playlist is Gar's vocals. Yeah, the song I wrote and played on and sang. Yeah, he's not a bad singer to him. Uh, if you like hardcore, which if I you don't. like roaring and shouting. Uh, so. I was in a band for, oh Jesus, like 14 years, called 20 Bulls each. And, uh, I'm letting you away with this because you have a good story about it. Yeah. So I picked the song, <laughs> I picked the song War On You, um, which is off the last album we recorded. The album's called The Glorious and Bloody Revolution. Now, the story, the, the album itself is whatever. This is the first and only album that band ever recorded for like a decent record label. Um, because we got offered a spot on a record label and we had, I think, six months to write and record an album. Right. Like, from, like we'd just released another album. I got, a, I got a call one day saying, like, on the 1st of July, we have to have the Masters 
now, ready to press. What would sometimes happen was they would distribute that them the album that's already out themselves. They didn't want that. They want the They new didn't stuff. want. They wanted new, absolute new full. Absolute. Because six months after you just yeah. bled your hole on yeah. a on an other mm. album. Yeah, and the Do you know boy, what it is? They just want. They don't want to be paying anyone. They don't want to. Well, we'd self released everything we'd ever put out. There was a couple of labels in the states, tiny little like fucking basement labels that we had worked with for fun, um, that we'd given them songs and given them EPs yeah. and stuff like that. But this was this was a big label in that world of hardcore and punk. Um, it was a label that I, had, I owned most of their albums that they put out. I was a fan of this label. Right, okay. And uh, I, what's weird, I never sent them demos or anything like that. I don't know how they got my number. I couldn't tell you. Oh, I a, thought you were like literally mailing them. I wasn't chasing them. I love your stuff. No. It's amazing. No, I literally, Can I be on your label, please? Exactly. I used to run a, I had a record shop in Temple Bar. And one day I got a phone call at like one o'clock in the afternoon with this American voice at the other end of the phone explaining who he was, that he fucking owned this label. And, and you know this label inside out. Like, yeah. I was like, holy shit. Like, I can, this is one of my mates ten, going, this ten, is taking yeah. a piss. Like 10 steps away from me, I have all your records there on the shelf, yeah. you know? And uh, but okay, we never really got to tour this album. Um, the, the band, ghost said, no. yeah, the album beforehand, we had we we done a couple of US tours. Now, this is the only real good ghost story I have. I've seen Mad Ship, but none of it really has a good story. This does. We done, I think we done four USA tours, four years in a row. And I think the second year, not the third year, sorry. The third year was probably the biggest one we ever done. We think we done the guts of maybe a month over there. The guts of a month, yeah. Did and you break America? Mm-mm. America is fun, yet no crack. And uh, it was hard, but it was also a great experience. The third one was the longest. You were a vegetarian in America. Yeah, that's oh, now that's no. fine. Back then, back no. then, yeah, no. Will you have a bit of lamb? Uh, yeah. Would you have a bit of lamb? There was an awful <laughs> lot of terrible cheese eaten <laughs> over that month and terrible bread. Um, yeah, you looked a bit fat in those photos. <laughs> we came back skinny. I tell you what, came back skinny. Came back skinny. Fucking skinny was in shite by the end. There was nothing left of him. He turned sideways. He's a drummer from yeah. Gar's band. Yeah. That's why it's a funny <laughs> little story. If skinny turned sideways, you couldn't see him by the end of that tour. Um, translucent, we used to call him. <laughs> <laughs> <I can't. laughs> oh, that's a smoker's oh. cough. If ever I heard one, <laughs> that's a dying cough. This, this hand sanitizer is killing me. <laughs> um, so I think the tour, the the third tour we done of the states, we there used to be this great website called uh, bookyourownfuckinglife.com. Really long name. Bookyourownfuckinglife.com. So essentially what it was, was uh, this would have been back in the kind of MySpace early Facebook days. And if you wanted to do a tour of the States, you would go onto your band's Facebook page, you post something up, we're booking for next year. And uh, if if you had a record or two out and you were halfway known in a scene, it was it was easier. So we were okay for most of that tour. But every now and again, you'd get like a Tuesday night where there was just nobody biting, and you had to fill it. You know, it's costing. We had we had musicians' visas and uh, equipment rental. It, it was expensive to do. You know, van rental, all this kind of shit. So you had to be working every night. You could take you could afford to take maybe every third or fourth night off. Yeah, uh, maybe it was a travel night or something like that. But yeah. uh, 
we found this website called Book Your Own Fucking Life. And basically what it was, it was like a directory of uh, gig promoters and bookers um, all over the world. So what you would do is you would have a plan set. So we're going to fly into Boston. So we're going to rent our equipment in Boston or borrow gear from another band. We're going to rent our van and that's where we're going to, that's going to be our HQ. Yeah. Generally, you would fly into a city that you knew somebody that you could stay in their house for a night or two while you got your shit together. Couch surfing, but bands. Co- exactly, bands, yeah. exactly. So we would generally fly into Boston because I hate flying. And that's the shortest flight from Ireland to you America. You do hate flying. I fucking despise flying. You hate meat and flying. <laughs> Pretty much. And, spo- and red hot chili peppers. And spiders and injections. <laughs> right? If you can combo all of them, I'll die. Um, and, and I hate the red hot chili peppers. Also. What about a spider that looked like Anthony Kiedis that tried to inject you with his little fucking... Uh... Well, on a plane. Oh, God. Mm. That would be you dead now, would it? During turbulence. And then the, Over. Only, the only food available on the flight was a BLT. A BLT. Or no, even must that be like a stew or a coddle. Well, you can't even pick the bits out. That'd be the worst. <laughs> That'd be the, there's no crack there. Yeah. I'll just I'll just breathe the vapor off As and hope for the best. Hear myself. I've been, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. So we found a promoter in upstate New York, New York that was willing to just. I think upstate New York was so starved. Now, hang on. You've got like Buffalo and Syracuse. You've got big cities up there, right? But like, there's not that much really going on there except for the weekends. So we found this booker in a place called Summit, New York, who was willing to put us on on a Tuesday. So we were like, fuck yeah, we'll take it. Like, we had no, we had done two tours of the States. We'd always kind of stayed within a kind of tri-state radius. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you were always like... Because it's a fairly big old country, to be fair to it. It's fairly large. So, uh... We'd always kind of stayed within three or four states, made our life a little bit easier. East Coast, yeah. But yeah, yeah, East Coast yeah. and Midwest. So, but this one, we kind of expanded it. But we we didn't understand that, like, between, like, New York City, I think the night before we played New York City, and we were thinking, like, like New York, like, it's still New York. Be you, grand. You've done it. So is New York, and it's not even that big. It's so big, man. Right. It so, is, though. Up we went to Summit, New York. Now, we were playing in a venue called the Lakeview House, which is a hotel. That sounds like a horror movie waiting to happen. Looks like a horror movie. Wow. Right? This hotel had closed two years beforehand. Okay? Had closed. It wasn't abandoned, but there was a woman, I think her name was Linda, who lived there and owned the Lakeview House Hotel. Now, this looked like the Amityville Horror House. It was one of them, like, white wooden fucking, like, full creep fucking places. We get up there at, like, whatever, one o'clock in the afternoon. We get up there early. We sit outside. Eventually, somebody pulls up in, like, a pickup truck and explains what's going on. So we're like, okay, we're here to play. She goes, okay, now listen, the hotel is closed. But uh, every now and again, because we know the guy who books these gigs, his name's Walter. He's a good friend of ours. So we let our function room open every now and again. And we open the bar. We sell some bottles of beer. All the local kids and fucking people who are into music come out. Sounds kind of cool. Exactly. It's kind of a cool little thing. Now. The way country gigs are run pretty everywhere. much now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Summit in New York has a population of about a thousand people. Right? It's very, very well, small. Very, very small. We get in, we set up our equipment in a, the function room. Walter, who's the promoter, shows up and he's a, he properly does the introduction to Linda, who's the owner. Now, again, we'd met her a couple of hours beforehand, but she was a little bit standoffish and she, we kind of felt like she wasn't really that into it. 
she she shows us to her room. She goes, oh, you're going to stay here tonight. So we're like, all right, yeah, cool. As she shows us into this one big room that she had like, she's like fucking six or seven beds just in this big joint room. And she says, listen, like, I know you're not from around here, so you don't know the history of this place. But I'm going to explain this to you. And I'm not trying to scare you because I don't think anything's going to happen. But I feel like I need to warn you that lots of people that stayed here over the years when it was a hotel tell us that it's haunted. And they see stuff and hear stuff all the time. Now, she says, we've also, I've been living here all my life. I see stuff and hear stuff all the time, but I'm so used to it. It doesn't really register with me anymore. I'm in with the ghosts. Pretty much. I'm in with them. Fucking homies. Yeah. yeah. They don't fuck with me. I don't fuck with them. Exactly. I clean up their poltergeist from the back of the toilet. It's fine. Exactly. Now, as the resident fella who's into ghosts and Bigfoots, I start shit in the bed. I'm like, I am not having any of this. I don't want it. Did she plant something in your head? Yes. Though? So I'm absolutely hands up. I'm denying it. I'm, I'm having absolutely none of this bullshit. Right? So we play the gig. It's good fun. People come out. We have a couple of beers afterwards. She powers up the kitchen, makes us food. Bedtime. Right? Up we all go. Hop into beds. I get into Skinny's bed with him. I'm like, I'm not sleeping on my own. I full on have none of it. Skinny, me and you are sleeping together tonight. Right? This is the way it's happening. So, I jump into bed beside Skinny. Nothing happens. Absolutely. No, well, yeah, hopefully. Nothing no, happens. You ever heard, sorry, we got into bed together and nothing happened. That's well, what that sounded like. Absolutely nothing sexual happens, right? Between me and Skinny. But nothing ghostly happens okay. at all okay. as well. Nothing. There's not a peep of a ghost the entire night. No spectre fallacy. Nothing. And right? your so back. No, nothing's been put part of me, That's fair enough. Part of me is hurting that I didn't get to experience the ghost. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. I could be the same. Even if I... I do believe in ghosts, but I'd be... I'd be slightly let down if nothing happened. Exactly. And absolutely nothing happens. So, off we go. Head to the next gig, Philadelphia, wherever the fuck it is. Tour's over. The next year. Booking it again. Walter, the booker, sends us a message. Listen, just want to come up and play Summit again. Yeah, I love We're that like, place. fuck yeah, man. Great fun. Not as handed as you said it was, but exactly. yeah, it's cool. Let's do it. Fucking letting on, right? Now. Big story. Next year, we do not play in the hotel. We play in this bar around the corner. Maddest gig. One of the maddest gigs I ever played. I'll tell you another day about just the goings on, right? Just absolute hillbilly fest. Like the te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre with a load of lads from Dublin, right? <laughs> That's basically what happened. We played a gig. Turns out we're, we're going to stay in this Lakeview house again. So Lovely. I'm thinking, Brand, no ghosts there. here. Yeah, it's fucking lying. Lying to me. I think I'm a tourist. I'm a fucking local now. There's lying to you. Exactly, exactly. Right. Puts us in two separate rooms this time. Three per room. Okay. Oh, they broke the crew up. They broke the crew up. Oh, happens. no. It happens. It's One of you could be the guy to stop the ghosts coming in. That night. He prayed on you. That night, there's a, a double bed, a big joint double bed, like a king size bed. Me and Skinny hop into the bed. Who's it's the other guy in the room? Just you Gav. And I was going to say, Gav's the tallest one in your yes. band. Maybe the ghost is afraid of the tallest man. Gav member. wouldn't get into the bedroom. There's absolutely enough room for three people in that bed, but he was having none of it. He didn't want to be piggy in the middle, right? Yeah. So he's like, I'll sleep on the floor. So he took a Valium that I had that the doctor gave me For because flying. of hay flying, yeah. right? So he said, I'll have fucking one of them and I'll just conk out on the floor. So off he, go, he finds a little corner, 
throws a hoodie over him, off he goes to sleep. It, the warmest place I can find. So warm. So warm. It's so warm. It was fucking roasting. Now, we had the windows open. But they had the little... Oh, you let the, the ghosties in. That's the difference. See, there was like mosquito nets and everything on the windows, right? Mm. No breeze. Just flat dead. Mm. Flat dead heat, right? No fans, no nothing. Me and Skinny are lying there like fucking sumo wrestlers. The boxer shorts are rolled up. Stuck up the crack of our arse, right? Just but, take them off. You're well, all friends here. It actually wouldn't have mattered. That's how fucking grim it was in that room. So <laughs> me and Skinny are lying there. Now, we, to be fair, we had had a drink. Or seven. No, believe it or not, that night wasn't that bad. Because okay. we, we knew we were going to okay. leave the next day. Maybe three shitty little small bottles of beer. And that was it. We were tired. It was a big drive to get there. We're lying in the bed. This is... I can't believe this happened to me. Kiss you on the... <laughs> Kiss me on the dick. Oh, no. You said fine. Trying to keep it civil here. We're lying there, me and Skinny. <clears throat> We've got like a little kind of sideboard light type of thing on. Gav is... <laughs> Fucking all the volume sawn fucking walruses in half on the floor me and Ga- me and Skinny lying there just kind of talking shite about fucking oh it's so warm isn't it yeah, it's mad warm fucking I wish I could sleep I wish I could sleep out of nowhere the door to the bedroom literally explodes open now I mean kicked with kicked, force yeah. like not just like I'm talking bursts in so we'll two of us <laughs> jump straight up. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. You go for the head, I'll go for the box. <laughs> exactly. We're nearly hitting each other in fear. <laughs> like two cats. <laughs> we, like fucking shit the bed. So we're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? We run out into the hallway. Looking up and down this absolute empty hallway. Not a fucking sin- sinner to be seen. Look, that was mad weird. Close the, the door. Not all ghosts are sinners. Exactly. Back into bed. Close the door. Back into bed. Lying there like fucking heart. Thump. Giving it the large one. Freaking the fuck out. Freaking the fuck out. Looking at each other going, no, that was mad weird. How the fuck, how the fuck did that happen? Within about 15 seconds, once again, kaboom, the door gets kicked in again. Oh, that, that, right? That's that really getting to me. Okay? Now. So, yeah. all of a sudden, we're like, looking at each other going, there's something mad. You should have in front of the door. This happened. <laughs> no way yeah. no way you put him in front of the door you, you rolled his we dragged him down a little bit you yeah. rolled his yeah. valiant yeah. corpse yeah. in front of Cor- yeah. corpse well a live corpse what we ended now this happened about four times before we decided to take action now what we did do we went out into the hall and we went into the other lads room next door they were all conked out they actually had AC in their this, room but this wasn't the room you were sleeping in the first time no it was a different room completely. ah that's yeah. that's the difference yeah so with three lads in the room next door so the three lads in the room next door we check on them they've got AC and a fan no no problem right they're literally conked out fast asleep it wasn't them right and even as we walked around the corridor outside our room the the the, the floorboards are so old they're squeaking and creak there's no way around without being heard coming you know now, like I said, this, this flo- happened... Unless you're floating. Unless you're floating. Now, like I said, this happened three or four times before we decided to take action. So what we done was, I took one of my runners, uh, one of my shoes, and I, I opened the door about six inches, and I wedged the shoe in underneath it. You couldn't move it. It was fucking incredibly difficult to, to wiggle the door. Yeah. We hopped back in the bed. Now, at this stage, we're fucking wide awake. Yeah, we're you're tired. Not, you're not sleeping after that. Now it's an experiment. It's not a night's you're, sleep. You're in, yeah, you're, you're, we're you're, in it. You're making... Yeah. You've made a thing of it. Exactly. Yeah. 
About two minutes later, the door gets kicked open with such force that the shoe goes flying across the room and bangs off the wall, right? Like, bounces off the wall. Nobody running around outside, right, in the hallway. Nothing. No wind. It's dead. And if you think dead about still. it, if someone was taking the piss, they'd kick and it'd get jammed and they'd kick again. Well, even if they did kick it, you'd hear the squeak of the floorboards and you'd hear them running off. None of that. This is out of nowhere. So what we done was we dragged Gav down about a foot. To have him kind of block the doorway. A I bit. wish I hadn't ruined that story on No, it's fine. But, 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 uh, what, it's the first fine. thing I would have thought was, yeah, you big move, lad, move the human, make him exactly take the twenty stone fella, the six six and a half foot tall fella, and put him in front of the door, right? So we move him down. It happens again. Okay, now this is where this is the straw that broke the camel's back, right? So the Camel door, like Egypt, yeah. the door comes flying open, whacks him in the fucking arse, right? He jumps up, what the fuck are you doing? Right, because he's English, right? Screaming at us. We're like, there's a fucking ghost, right? So he's in this like valium-induced coma, coma, <laughs> wakes <laughs> up, coma. He's in this valium-induced fucking like absolute deep sleep, wakes up screaming, what the fuck are you doing? Fucking banging doors off me. And me and Skinny are standing there with our jocks rolled up, yeah. with our boxer shirts rolled up, stuck up the crack of our arse, right? Fully <laughs> Balls, naked, barred, like shitty boxers, stand there. Go, God, there's a fucking ghost. There's a fucking ghost, God. He's not hitting you, right? So he's like fucking sops and just falls back on the floor, and goes to sleep. Now, where the bed was, there was a chest of drawers. The room was kind of small, like the 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 walls were kind of close to the bed itself. There was enough room to kind of stand up and walk to the bottom of the bed, but on Skinny's side. There was an old, old, old chest of drawers, like a nine drawer chest of drawers that right. were beside his bed. Right? Now, we were standing there looking at the door as Gav fell back asleep and the two of us heard this squeaky noise and the two of us slowly turned around at the same time and every single drawer in the chest of drawers had been pulled out to its maximum amount and was hanging by a hair out of the chest of drawers. Now, we, this is real. Ask Skinny. This is real. And Skinny, to this day, will tell you, mad stuff happened. I don't know what happened. And he's not a superstitious At all. At all. I am the fella going, ghosts. And he's, and he's the fella going, I don't know, mad stuff happened. I don't I can't He's like, you're a Bigfoot fan. This is your deal. Exactly. Now, I'm standing there going, Skinny, were they like that a minute ago? And he said to me, well, I wouldn't have been able to get out of the bed because the, the drawers were that far out they were touching the bed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He was like, I wouldn't have been able to get out of the bed if they were like that. And the two of us looked at each other and said, absolutely not. At this stage, it's about half six in the morning. We're like, having none of this. Ran down to the shower, had a cold shower, the hot water hadn't been turned on yet. Dried myself with an old t-shirt. Ran into the other lad's room, shook them awake. It's like, I'll be in the van. We're getting the fuck out of here. Like, if we have to go and rent the... We were about an hour away in Buffalo, I think. So if we have to drive to Buffalo, I will pay for hotel rooms. For all of us. For this to, to get not happen sleep, again. Yeah. To get a couple of hours sleep before we get the fuck out of here to Philly or Delaware, whatever the fuck we're going next. Delaware? Yeah, we played a gig in Delaware in a wee supremacist bar. This is Delaware. Twice. Twice. That's in, another story. Yeah, that's another. <laughs> we got attacked by a pit bull. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah, some fun. Some fun. Uh, got attacked in the toilet as well. That was some crack. Holy shit. Yeah. And, uh, that sounds like the, the, the theme of Green Room, the film. It's not far off it, what happened to us, actually, really? in Delaware. Yeah, the first time, it was it was a great, we didn't know it was like that. Everybody was really nice. We played this bar, I, mean, I won't name the name, yeah, it was name white. of the bar. It was, it was, it was nice. Everybody was It was white. nice because you were white. 
uh, well, I don't think it's because we're white. I think as an Irish person, I feel like I'm invincible when I go abroad. Yeah. Does it? Does it? As like long an, as you set the pretense that you're not English, you're yes, fine. Yeah. yeah. The, we, I, I think all Irish people have uh, like an, uh, an invincibility cloak that they wear when they go abroad. We are very, very charming. Yes. Yes. And we get we get away with murder. Yeah, literally. But yeah, that was a uh, twenty bulls in Holy in shit. in uh, upstate New York. You know what? I was expecting a non-believable story, but I'm a little bit creeped up with it. Well, I never heard the full. I never heard yeah, the full gist the, of this story till the, now. The fact was, uh, the fact is that like, we didn't see like floating fucking ghosts. Right? Yeah, just you didn't mad see shit. Anything. Yeah, yeah, mad yeah. shit happened in a room that we were in. Like I said, we, we maybe so maybe it was just that room that that girl Linda was talking about. But here's the thing: the room that we stayed in the year before was the room she said that everybody saw stuff. The room that she put us in year two, where the mad stuff did happen, was just another fucking hotel room from when the hotel was open. Maybe that's the the essence of where. Maybe that's the fucking catalyst room. Where Who knows? Started. But nothing happened to the lads next door. Like nothing. Shay, Kieran, uh, I don't know who the fuck else was in there. That no problem. Mangan. Mangan, yeah, yeah, Mangan was over there with us. Yeah. Jesus. So nothing happened to them. Nothing whatsoever. They had the best night's sleep. Until, actually, until you woke them up and tell what's we're ri- driving the buffalo. <laughs> what's ri- actually, I'll tell you, the day after when we did start driving, the only people that had valid licenses on that tour, driving licenses, were Shay and Gav. And Shay had done the driving the night before to get us to the hotel. So it was Gav's turn to do the driving the morning after, even though... Like he had taken volume, but he'd been w- woken up a few times with us screaming about fucking ghosts. So yeah. he didn't get a good night's sleep. But it was his turn to drive the next morning. And I'll never, till the day I die, I will never forget being in the passenger seat in the front of that van with Gav driving down. You know, you've been in America, you drive the roads so just straight. Yeah. Like those interstate roads, just straight. There's fucking nothing to look For at. Boring. Miles. Forever. And Gav sitting there holding, gripping onto the steering wheel going, I'm going to fall asleep. I'm going to fall asleep. And he says, talk to me, tell me a story, talk to me, keep me awake. So it was, I remember started talking about, like, give oh, yeah, him a, well, give him a wet willy. Not even that, but I remember going, like, yeah, when we get back, man, you know, the couple of songs we have lined up, we should make an EP, and uh, maybe we'll, we'll organise a little yeah. tour. Band stuff. And he turned around and he said, that's real boring. Tell me about the worst show you ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember for the next two hours telling stories. Maybe about, his dreams were haunted. Quite possibly. For two hours after that, I had to tell him absolute horrific shit Amazing. stories. I wanted to rip into you for putting your own song on the podcast, but that's a. That's I a just had to get story. that story out there. No, that's a that good story, story also took half an hour to tell. So uh, let's go. What's yeah. your next one? Next one is one of the most famous haunted. Well, I won't say haunted, but. Notable places that people have recorded where a bad thing has happened. Mm. Nine Inch Nails recorded yes. in what is known as the Tate Mansion yeah. Murder House. Mm. So, 1994, Nine Inch Nails, after the big album they had with Pretty Hate Machine, moved into Tate Mansion, which is known to, to non-fans. To, known, to, to fans is Le Pig, the studio mm. Le Pig, or Pig. But to known to everybody else in, involved in reading about the Manson murders is... 150 CDO Drive mm. in uh, Los Angeles. So, <clears throat> the, the gas thing about this is there's no actual mad stories about this, this scene ghost. It's Not just really. A very, it's very a terrible part place. of American yeah. history. A uh, terrible thing that happened, and uh, it's it's funny. It's funny because to talk about Charles Manson, he gets 
name checked a lot as a serial killer. He never, never killed, killed anybody. No, never. And it's mentioned in in Mindhunter, the new series yeah. that came out. But Mindhunter, like, I knew this for years and years and years. That Charles Manson maybe killed one person, maybe before he was ever. While he was a sort of vagrant, or you yeah. know, it's f- possible that he did a fucking uh, vagabond. Maybe he was yeah. moving around the fucking place. He may a hobo, be, a hobo. He maybe have killed someone over an argument about a Possibly, cigarette or something yeah. like that. But it, in this regard, in this regard, n- no, it was his uh, his cult, mm. so to speak, that that would have been involved in the his current murders. I was about to sing a song, and it got me. What song? The cult of personality. That's a great song. And I went to court. The court and I, and I just stopped. And I just no, stopped. We, we don't talk about uh, Courtney Love stuff anymore. Uh, so he he moves into the Tate Mansion, which is this place in thing, which obviously is where uh, Sharon Tate was killed, yeah. where her unborn her baby, child, uh, Roman Polanski, uh, the, the husband and stuff like that. He wasn't there obviously at the time because he mm. would have been brown bread. Um, he Trent Reznor started renting the house in 1992. Mm. He's also the very final resident of the house as well. Mm. And um, this is where he recorded the Downward Spiral. And that's where the song Piggy from 1994. So good. It's, the album is... The best. Absolutely. Anyone that says that Pretty Hate Machine is a better album... What uh, song did you pick? Piggy. Piggy, yeah. Piggy, yeah. I, I, I picked creepy songs for this playlist yeah. as much as I could to... Add to the... ambiance. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So... There's nothing really particularly weird that happened while they're recording this. So, Marilyn Manson recorded Antichrist Superstar as well, didn't he? No, not was no. I thought it was no, it wasn't. He recorded a portrait, of, a portion, <gasps> a portion of a portrait, a portrait of Mary yeah. Bonnie, and that is a fucking tongue twizzler if yeah. ever I heard one. Um, so the only things that are notable recorded are bits from a portrait of Margaret Family, Downward Spiral, and Broken was mm. recorded there, and they did a video as well for one of the tracks from mm. Broken, I think. Um. So, a lot of people will know the story about the Manson murders. Yeah. I don't really want to get in massively too much into. It's enough little, to say it. Yeah, the clan that of people that they had. So, and and a kind of a kind of weird thing was while he was there and recording in that, and they, Trent Reznor loves the idea of kind of an American kind of horror mm. story. Yeah. So he moves in there. What can it bring out into the music? I think a lot of these things, especially with Killing Joke, they want to bring out something spiritual in the music that they wouldn't be able to put forward. So regarding the pyramid, exactly is one thing that they might maybe say kind of added to the weirdness of the song. So he records in his 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 place, Le Pig. We'll call it that. And the reason that he stopped recording there was because uh, Sharon Tate's sister said to him, she was up in the house and said, mm. do you not feel like you're exploiting the whole death thing and the murder thing? And and Trent Reznor really, really took that to heart. Mm. He was really like taken back by that. She's like, yeah, I think you're exploiting mm. the murder thing to market your music. Now, I don't believe he did. I just think he thinks that... It's it's I would say it's fun. It's interesting to record somewhere, which is the idea of this entire podcast. Yeah, to record somewhere where something a little bit more dark has history, happened through yeah. the years, and to, to go back to maybe what I feel is a sort of a resonance. Yeah, in a place that stays no matter who's mm-hmm. there. So he uh, he moves in there and he records those albums, but but after he talks to Sharon Tate's sister, 
he goes back and apparently he absolutely cried his eyes out and went, really he, she's not wrong yeah. this is this doesn't feel right to me so what they did what he did was he went right I, after this recording I'm, I'm out of here mm. so he took the door from the from the mansion yeah. and he put it into his new recording studio which okay. was Nothing Records yeah. where he recorded the rest of the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A, a huge chunk of the rest of the Nine Inch Nails stuff as well like that but do I think that like I don't know how that kind of spiritual and, and the kind of evil stuff that lives mm. in the place uh, does it does it do, translate does do, do it translate into the music as well that's a phenomenal album The Downwards World yeah. is absolutely one of the greatest albums of all time yeah it's absolutely non-stop and broken as well is yeah it as an EP form is as good yeah as as that album yeah. as well um so he took that front door and he moved to his new studio there was no particularly great stories about yeah. this place but this is a Just place where something place it's a huge part of American history mm. where Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski one of the biggest directors at the time Rosemary's yep. Baby and stuff like that would have been living like that and um, I don't think there was much more recording there apart from that when he went you know what absolutely she's right let's just let's just get out take it and go yeah, yeah. it's not good so what we got was the Denver Spire recorded in one of the theoretically creepiest places yes. but not there's no real well, it's historically significant hist- exactly and that, and, that, and that was his explanation of yeah. it and I the fact that Reznor listened to the sister and went, went you know what you're absolutely right I'm, I'm, I'm out of here this mm. is so what happened to that house was they demolished it okay they de- they demolished every type of living plant around it they dug up the soil and got rid of the soil really? itself and built a brand new house over it. Yeah. And it is, as far as I know, up until August of this <laughs> year, still on sale. Really? In, an, in its new form for 9 million. Fuck. Yeah, so that's gone now. Yeah. And also his new studio, is the studio since then is gone and they, and they got rid of the door okay. and stuff like that as well. But it's just kind of a weird place to have done. It's kind of, it's kind of a little bit, uh, what's, this, what's the way to say it? Recording Marilyn Manson with his name yeah. in there was maybe a little bit of a... Too much, almost. Too much, yeah. yeah. That's maybe what was a little bit too much. It's too obvious as well. It's a bit too obvious yeah. as well. So that was that was done in... I think that was done in... What, what was Antichrist? Super, not Antichrist, what was the American... It was 93. That was around the time that he went... 93, yeah. He, as soon as someone said it to him, don't, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. He bolted out there. But that mm. is one of the creepiest kind yeah. of places some recording album. And obviously, if... I mean, I don't know if you're a Nine Inch Nails fan, but Downward Spoil is, for me, one of those growing up albums. And I remember my cousin listened to this album. I mean, I didn't really like it. I didn't like Downward Spoil the first time I heard it. And my cousin was a massive fan of Rage Against the Machine mm. and the Downward Spoil. And he had both of those albums. And I remember listening and going, shit, I love all of this kind of music. Yeah. And since then, the indie thing got completely dropped for me. Yeah. And I, as much as I was absolutely massively fan of 80s pop music, I just had to know more about yeah. the darker. I, was saying, I, heard, I heard Broken. I bought the Broken. It's phenomenal. Um, the, probably, on, the, one of the, probably, probably the best EP ever. Quite possibly. Because EPs are not as functional no. or as popular as albums. I bought, I bought a Broken on cassette when I was a kid. And I'll never forget, there was a, there's a warning on the back of it not to play it on a mono device. Well, yeah, there's a warning. Do not play this cassette in a mono cassette player. Like, there's too much going on. 
that you could damage your 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 fucking hi fi. Well, it's yeah. not a hi fi of the mono, um, but you could do damage to your fucking little yeah. your little tape player. If you're playing it on a mono device, this is stereo only. Yeah, I'll always remember that. And then I remember because Pretty Hate Machine was way way later for me. Like I I came up on the earlier stuff after Downward Spiral. So it was Broken Forced, then Downward Spiral, and then I realized it was one before it, and I went into that. Yeah, well, I was I I was like because my cousin being absolutely mad into Nine Inch Nails mm. at the time. As soon as that album was released, I was in the ground. I was like, no, nah, man, it's a bit fucking weird. Before I realised that I am a genuinely weird fucking person myself, I was like, something resonated with me when I heard that mm. was I was like, shit, that is absolutely incredible. Yeah, there was nothing like it. And as far as, like, the places where a, a horrible murder happens, and... It's a good one to pick, isn't it? No, it's a good one to pick, exactly. So, um, nothing really haunted, really... To be fair, nothing really haunted happened. I think this album would have happened... Anyway. Probably, yeah. Yeah. So, with that said, who's your next one? Uh, it's Johnny Cash, a boy named Sue, and it's recorded live at San Quentin. Brilliant. I was going to pick this. You got me. This is why we talk about the. This is why we do a draft yeah. system. One of us will have to take the one we wanted. Yeah. And I had this. So, first of all, a boy named Sue is a phenomenal yeah. song. Yeah. And it's lyrically genius. It's absolutely. It's one of the first examples of story song. I remember. It, yeah, exactly. When you hear a story yeah. about a song. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not just uh, various chorus, various chorus. There's, there's something happening through The idea right? that uh, if you weren't going to be around for the for the life of your child, yeah. name him something that makes him hard. So yeah. he calls him Sue, so he had to fight his whole... Yeah. It's, yeah, nothing else like it. Nothing else like it. Now, San Quentin... <laughs> well, first of all, people would have definitely died there. Yeah, 100%. Through uh, shiv stabbings. Exactly. San Quentin has a storied past. It's not considered to be uh, the most haunted of prisons, uh, but it's uh, certainly the most haunted I could find that music had been recorded in. Yeah, so, absolutely. I have, to, I have to call it. Um, there's a bunch of stories related to San Quentin. I did... I, I focused in on one character in particular from San Quentin and his name was Amos Lunt and uh, in 1899 he was the chief kind of executioner in San Quentin. Wow. Now, he ended up, Amos, poor old fucking Amos, poor old Amos went mad. I actually have a story about a fellow I went to school but called Amos. Really? Yeah. That sounds like an Amish kind of name. Yeah, Amos broke in in my school, not Amos Lunt from 1899. Right, come on, Amos tell me. in my school <laughs> uh, took a liking to a girl in our year oh, no. and broke into the principal's office to get her address and oh, God. wanked off into an envelope and mailed it to her house. That's this a is a real thing. A real in, thing in that Dublin. happened. A real thing that happened in my childhood. Yeah. He wanked on to, into an envelope and mailed it to her. Yeah. I don't know whether I feel worse for her or the postman. Uh, her, I'd say. I also, I yeah, I do definitely feel really bad for her, but, but she may not. Oh, yeah, she had to open it. The postman just had to touch it. Amos was mad. Amos used to practice kissing on his sister down a the lane. Um, There's a lot of strange him. stories about yeah. Dublin. We've yeah, yeah. I seen also about ten years after we left school. I seen Amos smashing car windows outside uh, the Botanic Gardens in Glasnevin. Ladies and gentlemen, Amos had problems. Yeah, I'm not going to give you a second name. 
Um, <laughs> don't think you need to with fucking yeah, Amos. Yeah. So Amos. Uh, L. Simpson. No, 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 no. no. I no, saw no. Amos about 10 years after we left secondary school, smashing car windows in with a bicycle u lock while screaming at the air. We'll call her Lisa S. She also had a mad name, but I won't give her name. But yeah, he used to go down a lane um, uh, during uh, our lunch breaks in school and practice kissing on his sister and told everybody. And his father had an eye patch and a cane. Yeah, there's all sorts of magic. <laughs> Holy yeah, shit. Amos was fucking batshit mad. Amos. Yeah, but Amos Lunt, who worked in San Quentin, was I feel like I want no more, more, but, I, but I won't go on. Yeah, about Dublin, Amos, yeah. Uh, so in 1899, Amos Lunt, he was, the, he was the hangman of San Quentin. And he went batshit mad. He went absolutely loopy. And he went loopy um, because uh, of the amount of botched executions that he was involved in. He wasn't good at it. It wasn't even that he wasn't good at it. It's just that a lot of them went wrong on him. He they claimed... They should have got a guy from France. Yeah, they should have got somebody in. He... Uh, <clears throat> that joke will only be apparent in next week's episode. Yeah, yeah. He uh, was sacked from his job after showing signs of insanity. And the reason he went mad is because he thought that there was 21 ghosts following him around from the botched executions that he oversaw. He might not be wrong. Maybe. So he said there was 21 ghosts of people who uh, were strangled to death as opposed to having their neck broken. People who had their necks torn open and people that they had to like assist. Amos was not good at his job. Well, I I would say realistically in 1899 they were just killing people willy-nilly in that that cinema. Willy-nilly is one of my favourite sayings. It's a solid, solid, solid section of sayings that the world lives in. Um, He he oversaw 21 botched executions. So by the end of it, um, he ended up... I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know whether he killed himself or just died a natural death but by the end of it he was he probably stabbed himself in the neck quite, quite wrong quite went, oh shit uh, I need to stab myself the, better the, the record Ter- shows terrible killer of, his, of himself as yeah. well the record shows that he stayed awake for 12 days and nights because he thought that there were uh, 12 ghosts under his bed and um, waiting on him to fall asleep and what he said was that every day every minute of every day he was being followed by 21 ghosts who were trying to throw a noose over his neck to kill him. And he was able to get rid of a few of them. But by the end of it, there were 12 ghosts living underneath his bed, waiting for him to go asleep so they could kill him. San Quentin. This was, he, I don't know whether this was in San Quentin, yeah. but this, these are people that he failed to execute properly Crazy. via freak occurrence um, in San Quentin as he worked as the executioner. Give him his P45. He's not good Well, they at did. It. They, they they sent him on his way. Because, He's not good at yeah. this. Well, they sent him on his way because he went mad because of the 21 botched Imagine he ended up in San Quentin. Imagine he worked, ended up working for the HSE in the matter. Imagine he was actually Amos. That you he know. was actually reincarnation of my Amos. Yeah. <laughs> I keep meaning every now and again, I say, do you know, I'm going to look on Facebook, see if I'm going to find that. Don't Amos. do it because I'll tell you one thing about Facebook right now. If you search someone, they will get a notification yeah, yeah. Of, a, of, of a me of a no no not a notification they will get a friend a, a friend yeah. uh, a push to, to add that person yep I believe it I believe it randomly yeah, because I went oh do you remember that girl from fucking school that went mad <laughs> and I searched her and about I swear to god two days later I got a friend's request I'm like Facebook, oh, listening. you're a dirty yeah, bastard. You're a scum. You, are, you, you know what? I searched someone and they come up on their radar from somewhere that they should add. Mm. So just quickly, 
don't search your old crazy people that used to kiss their sister down the lane with. Exactly, and mailed their own jib to girls in their year. I'm glad we got jib into the podcast. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, that was uh, Johnny Cash, uh, boy named Sue, live in San Quentin. That's crazy, like, you knew the whole story. I would have kind of, I had that on my list. Now, because we didn't, I didn't research it because you had that as your thing. Mm. I probably wouldn't maybe have found that that's actually crazy that that's someone from San Quentin mm. and an actual ghost. There's a story that's, about that's a there's a story about a white supremacist uh, prison, I hate those. prison guard. I hate those people. Um, who was pushed down the stairs by a black prison guard in San Quentin doing the rounds that he is still haunting the place as well. So, so it is fucking a bit. Apparently, so I'd say apparently Alca- Alcatraz. That's definitely haunted. Come um, on. That's definitely Alcatraz. Haunted. Apparently, is haunted the fuck, but yeah, I don't think anybody be. ever played a gig in Alcatraz. Uh, that I know of, I don't know. So, who's your next one? The next one is um, this heat. Who are they? This heat are um, an experimental kind of post-punk band from England. They recorded an album in 1981 called Deceit. The reason they call it Deceit is because it was a play on their name, This Heat. So if you're okay. if you're in a band and someone goes deceit, no, this heat, deceit. So yeah. they embraced the the fuck up and called the album deceit. The song is a new kind of war. I'm glad it's on on Spotify because it's the only song on Spotify by. This oh really? Heat. By them? Yeah, because deceit, this deceit. Stop album. saying deceit. Deceit. The album. This this, this heat. heat. The album. No, sorry, this Heat, the band, are not on Spotify apart from the song. Now, they are being... I don't think I've ever heard a word they said are, that many times. They are being released on Spotify fully in their full discography. With their, they've only got two albums. They are going on Spotify this week. But this was uh, on some sort of um, compilation that I found. I'm glad because they recorded their album, Deceit, in a um, disused meat locker. Fuck. In Brixton, in England. Now, this, this Heat are... Very hard to listen to, right. but I am really into them. I actually really, really like listening to them. And this song, A New Kind of Water, is one of the most weirdly accessible songs by them. So the first minute is the first minute is really hard to listen to, but mm. after that they get into an actual what we would call a song that you would listen to. Mm. So the first album is is Jazz Insanity. Mm. If you really want to get into their first album, go for it. Like, the name of the first album actually escapes me because of all the gargle but the album delicious gargle so so much delicious gargle so they recorded this album in Brixton in a place that they, they this is their studio that they owned in a in a converted meat locker okay where there's no this is another one there's no actual particularly haunted story about anything that happened here but I saw pictures just a grim place I saw pictures of the of this place called Cold Storage mm. so Cold Storage is where they, what they named their place it's basically an old meat pie factory yeah where there would have been a colossal amount of death yeah now me and you <coughs> non-meat ears mm. when we think of a meat locker it hurts us even more mm. <laughs> Not just, I don't give a fuck I don't give a fuck about what people eat or do or don't do I just don't eat meat for my own reasons yeah. or like that. and you're the same so this heat are an incredibly difficult band to really listen to if you're not accessible yeah they're not, not accessible but there's absolutely incredible stuff going on with this heat stuff so they repurposed a 
a cold room mm. and I've, saw, I've, I've seen pictures of the outs not the outside of it but I've seen pictures of the, the kind of communal area and it's grim as fuck looking really? like there we're talking there's still sinks there and mm. the whole white tiled wall and the mm. place looks the place looks grim as fuck so they recorded almost all of the Deceit album in this place in in things so there would have been like a massive amount of dead animals hanging mm. there over the years in this meat pie factory I don't have a huge amount apart from that apart from the fact that it's just a terrible the idea place. of a yeah. of a cold room yeah is uh, and, and repurposing it for a, for a recording studio um, I just also wanted to really get this into a podcast <laughs> and this was the perfect opportunity it's like well what are we going to do crazy bad places crazy no just crazy post-punk bands yeah start post-punk bands um have a listen to it on YouTube if you can the whole album to see it's difficult enough to listen to but there's some absolutely really uh, really really influential stuff going mm. on with this he but I think look at, the only reason I really picked this he is because I looked at pictures of Cold Storage the place was and it looks grim as fuck mm. recording album there was no pictures of the actual recording studio but there was a picture of them in this place that had metal walls behind them and I'm pretty sure that's where maybe they recorded this mm. with the metal walls for some reason would that give some sort of resonant acoustic, would, yeah. acoustic resonance yeah. A terrible one, but yeah. A terrible. But if you listen to their stuff, the first album was recorded over loads of different places, but this was the first place they sat down and recorded, and it was their last one as well. Mm. They released an album called uh, From the Cold Storage, which was all the B-sides, I think, released from that session and stuff like that as well. But this, he, if you're into one of the bands we mentioned, Slint and stuff like that, yeah. and any kind of post-punk or post-rock stuff like that, give this heat a go see if you like it it's it's difficult but worth it I'm absolutely I'm I'm, I'm I really like that album to see okay so, I, I didn't listen to uh, one or two of your tracks and that's well, this one, one of the ones I did not listen to but I will for about a minute and a half it just sounds like pain absolute <laughs> pain it the, grim, the like, grimness is in yeah, the music. This like, have no commercial success at all not, until yeah. the re-release. We, we talk about a lot about re-releases and deceit. The fucker fuckers for doing this. This is this is why they did this. This heat and the album deceit are two different things <laughs> from the same band. <laughs> but check it out. This was uh, they split up in 1982. I think they came back uh, this year for a quick tour with the remaining members and did mm. a couple of little things, but. Uh, this song is genuinely creepy as fuck. Good. And it's one of the most, it's, it's just the second last song on the album as well. The reason I picked it is because A, it's the only song that's on Spotify <laughs> as part of that a happens comp- a lot. As, as part of a compilation. Yeah. But uh, this is the album that was recorded in a repurposed meat locker. So give it a bash. Who's your next one? Uh, I picked uh, Testament. I love Testament, but I didn't know the story, so I waited till I the, waited till the, you. I'm gonna be honest; with you, the story is decent, but it's uh, it's more colloquial. Like it's more colloquial. He's coming out with some bangers tonight, lads. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I picked a song called "The Pale King." Now I, I don't know that this song was actually recorded in the studio. Um, it, it, I, I could have put more research, research in and found the song recorded. Definitely in that studio, but let's call it a 50 50 shot. So, Testament yeah, this, did this happened to me with the last band, it yeah. was really hard to pin down where they recorded it, this it can particular be, yeah. song. Yeah, so Testament had a recording studio called Driftwood Studios, okay, in the 90s, but uh, they only used it a couple of times and they knocked it on the head. Uh, 
Yeah. Now, in 2005, they decided to uh, get their own little studio going again. So they found a place in Pittsburgh, California. Not Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh, California, in an industrial estate. Do you know what I find funny about California? They have the names of a lot of places from Ireland, mm. England, and also the rest of America. Yeah. It's just it's sort of like just names from places the, the that The further they, west you go, the more uh, repetitive names. Do you reckon that's like from cowboy times where they went, I used to live in this place, yeah. and I've come to a place that yeah. doesn't actually exist, yeah. I will call it. Yeah. The place where I'm New from. Orleans, New yeah. York, New Jersey, or but they're, they're the original Dublin places. Dublin is in like in. Uh, There's a couple of Dublins. There's Dublin, in, Ohio, Ohio. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but crazy. the further west you go, you're just going to get repetitions, yeah. right? Yeah. So they uh, bought a unit in an industrial estate in this fucking Pittsburgh, California. I don't know what the fuck else is in this place. Um, it was just a fucking concrete building that had been sitting there for years and years and years. Now. They put loads of money into the studio. Loads. They thought that this was going to be the place that they record everything from now on. They don't want to have to go and rent out studios. They're just going to take the money that they would pay to rent the studio for a couple of months to make an album. And they're going to put that into their own place. So, um, it had like two or three sub-basements. So, their uh, control room was in like a a one or two level down sub-basement. And their live room was on whatever ground floor or one floor below. But they put in a state-of-the-art security system. Wow. They were like, I think the, the area had had a bunch of break-ins in the year that they built in the, or put their stuff in the, in the, into the studio. And uh, they decided, like, let's just get a good fucking security system in and make sure everyone's boxed off. But every single night, without fail, the movement sensors will be tripped in there. Every single night. And they would go back and they'd watch the footage and nothing moving. Like, the, the, there's nobody in there, put it that way. There's no, nothing fucking happening. That's but crazy. the movement is being fucking tracked. They put down mouse traps, rat traps, all this kind of shit. And, but there's still absolutely nothing being fucking triggered whatsoever. Bar movement on the camera. So something's being found. So, one day, they're hanging around outside the studio having a smoke. And this old man walks up. Now, what it gives his name, but it's not a real name. Uh, fuck, I, can't, I think he called himself Dan, but he didn't give a second name. I'm Dan. Yeah. Now I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story about of, this place. Kind of, right? Now, also, can I bum a smoke off you, lads? Yeah, yeah. Dan turns around. And he says, "Like, fucking, what he's doing in there?" So the lads in Testament say, "We're after opening a recording studio." Dan says, "Do you know that used to be a recording studio?" He goes, what do you mean? Because like, I used to record in there. That's why we found all those XLR cables <laughs> yeah, just exactly. hanging around. Yeah. <laughs> Quarter inch tape brilliant. everywhere. Big fan. Of, I love Testament, by the way. I absolutely Testament love are great. Yeah. This is actually a great song as well. Pale King's great song. Yeah. So he turns around and he says, look, I'm Chris Christopherson's cousin. And, uh, That's I a lot of C's yeah. and a K's. Yeah. That's the only K's on this one C. All K's. Um, so he turns around and says, I'm Chris Christopherson's cousin. And... Uh, I used to play a bit of bass for Chris, and also I played in Willie Nelson's band back in the day. Well, and this band, this uh, studio here was like one of the underground fucking places that, I, like, everyone from like Aretha Franklin to country stars used to come. To Sam Cooke, uh... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So originally, apparently, it was called Norman Abercrombie Studios. So it was a studio. It was a studio. Holy shit! That actually, has a history. Now he started telling stories about fucking uh, when they used to record there. 
because he was Chris Christopherson's cousin, apparently. Now, I thought that's a weird lie to come out with. But um, Yeah, you'd pick someone. You'd yeah. pick, I, 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 don't, I don't know. He could have been thought and shite. He might not have been. But he said that like that was their place and people used to like lock themselves in there for weeks on end and like do little demos and EPs and like singles. You know, I don't think they'd done too many albums in Norman Abercrombie Studios, but there was a bit of work going on in there. But that was their place for like musicians who knew that there was a studio that they weren't going to be put under too much pressure. Yeah. It was like relaxed. Yeah, it's not going to also cost you a bomb. Exactly. It was just a relaxed studio atmosphere. And there's no one coming in. I want to use that room in, in, exactly. on this day, so get out. Yeah. So apparently uh, Norman died in uh, the early 80s and his son took over. Now apparently his son was like a local gangster guy who died under very, very fucking suspicious circumstances. Suspicious. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the studio just fell into disrepair and eventually was fucking sold. That boy was murdered. Exactly, murder. <laughs> So apparently, fucking the son took over, but he was a local gangster. He dies, real dodgy. Wow. And the studio falls into disrepair, is abandoned, gets fucking, not necessarily knocked down, but stripped out by developers. The building just gets re- uh, reduced back to its concrete walls. And there you have it. Off you go. You just have another industrial unit. And by absolute torn, twist of fate, testament and buying it and turn it into a recording studio. Back to almost its former glory. But... Even that guy, Dan, who said that every time anybody ever had to spend kind of a bit of time in there, they always heard fucking mad noises, people running around, laughing, giggling. Now, what's what's interesting is I find it hard when people talk to me about like ghost stories in America, like where we are sitting right now, this is real fucked up. The space we are sitting in right now is older than America, like yeah. than the country, right? Not the land. But their country. Because it all existed at the same time. <laughs> exactly. Surely. Yeah. So they didn't they didn't start like populating the yeah. the, the, the soil of America exactly. after that. Yeah. So where where we're sitting right now was first registered as as, as a business in seventeen hundred and ten. And a few creepy things happened as we were recording. There's a few things <laughs> dropped behind. I think us. I think I know what it was. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um but so stuff though. stuff has happened in here. I don't necessarily believe that where we are right now is haunted. Um there are people who have spent more night time here than me who have said mad shit I've heard one or two I heard uh, heard a child screaming my name once in here once Gar- yeah a bit like that Garrett Garrett yeah. and I ran out what the fuck and there was nobody else here I have heard that I have heard that um, I've heard loads of weird people walking around Crazy. but again I don't yeah I, it's all bullshit I do fucking know especially but, when you drink all of the drinks that we did <laughs> we are in an imbibing place um, <laughs> but yeah in uh, this uh, studio which is now called Driftwood Studios originally called Norman Abercrombie Studios a lot of the people who spent time there did say there was mad stuff going on all the time now like I said I find it hard to believe that uh, America is haunted just because it's new it's so new it doesn't have that medieval or 17 AD fucking yeah, mad yeah. but at the same time we're after being talking about fucking like San Quentin and ghosts and like, like it's definitely a thing but there's something about like historical value spiritual resonance exactly but like it's a fucking concrete box it's a fucking exactly, building yeah. you know what I mean San Quentin had proper forced upon a history yeah of death and corruption and horrificness. Yeah. This is just a fucking industrial estate. So I don't know, but it adds to the legend of Testament. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Who are one of the most probably underrated bands, I believe. Testament are fantastic. Yeah. 
They're absolutely fantastic yeah. bands. I believe them to be the most underrated of all the kind of big metal bands. Yeah. Anyway, that's Testament, The Pale King, in Driftwood Studios in California. Give me your next one. My next one is a band that I'm absolutely surprised after. I think I counted it. We've done t- bit, nearly 30 hours of podcasting and they've never showed up. Who who be Black it? Black Sabbath. Now, Haunted Podcasts. Squing, squong, squing, squing, squong. Spingle, bingle, bong, dong, bling, bong, bong. Black Sabbath recorded the album Black Sabbath. <laughs> Do you reckon? The Sabbath of Black. Sabbath, bloody Sabbath in 1973. What a fucking album. No, phenomenal. Absolutely evil. It sounds evil. Yeah. And we'll get into why it sounds evil. So they were recording, by that stage, all their albums in America. Hmm. So they're in their regular studio, the record plant. Now, they go into their room and one day and see a giant synthesizer in the middle of the room. I thought you said a giant spider. A giant spider. Spider. <laughs> no. Stevie Wonder had moved in there to the studio and uh, the place where Black and Sabbath and he was lost <laughs> <laughs> no they had a they, they, he's got his cane his walking cane whatever Stevie Wonder has and 16 oh. members of his crew telling him turn left Stevie you know what we'll do was stick a big synthesizer in Black Sabbath's room <laughs> and they were not particularly happy about the fact mm. that the place that they recorded they, they were in a bad place there this was they were about to break up before this. The album. beginning of the end, yeah. Yeah, Black Sabbath were about to bail before the third album. Going, this is yeah, we're we're so into drugs. They <laughs> were so into drugs. drug crazy. And people give Ozzy Osbourne a hard time. Tony, was, they were all, they were all absolutely fucking bicky. All, all nine and a half fingers of them. Yeah, yeah. So they said, "Well, let's let's go back to England." Clearly, the studio is. Mad into Stevie Wonder and his ginormous synthesizer in the middle of our fucking room. We are going to go to a place called, and they rented Clearwell Castle in Gloucestershire. Really? Now, this is a place where Deep Purple and uh, Led Zeppelin had recorded. So they went, let's go back there and let's try and make something happen. Now, when they got there, apparently, musically, nothing was happening for them Mm. at all. So they moved into the dungeon area to write. This is back. Do you remember uh, you know, the idea of moving into a studio before you had an album written? Yeah, we couldn't afford that shit. No, not now. No, no. you have to have the. You, uh, H- hence, we've talked about this before. I believe the first album by a band is their is what they have that is the best representation. Yes, of the band, absolutely. Up until that era. Yeah. Then you've got the second album, which is. Maybe four or five songs that were left on that, yeah, yeah on that release exactly. And the rest of it then is just bits that they tour had. Bus, uh, See, I think the third album is the tour bus, tour bus album. Yeah, I think the second album is the stuff songs they had ready that they didn't put on the second, but they had riffs and ideas. But we're talking about a time when a studio or sorry, a label would put a band into a studio to write. That exactly. does not happen anymore, no, not and anymore. it never will again. No, because done the idea of and you notice as well. Um, and I know this as well because the, the the stuff we're recording now is expensive to fucking yeah it's expensive it's too expensive for it's it's average expensive show. To, you, you if you go there and you fuck up your take yeah. you're taken away from the next person you have to be bankrolled you have to be yeah. you have to be bankrolled to do this yeah this even then it doesn't really happen anymore rehearsal spaces are not your studio spaces so their studio space was also the rehearsal space All right. so they moved down to the dungeon of Clearwell Castle. The dungeon to rehearse. Now dungeon. we know we know the famous stories about Black Sabbath that 
Paranoid was written on the fly mm. in a studio. So this is a perfect example of a band that go into a studio and have nothing or or a semblance, Jack shit, yeah. a semblance of a fucking idea, and they write in there. And that is on the clock, money wise. You devil's cards, yeah, on the spare, on, yeah. on the absolute clock. They are writing and going. So they moved in there, and they, according to the stories of the whole band, they had nothing when they went there. Mm. And that's probably a good idea to move back to England away from an LA recording studio yep. when you have nothing. So, this is where the riff from savagely stabbed came from mm. from Tony was like it's grim it's it's an arm it's an armory a repurposed armory a dungeon where they were recording this stuff now this place apparently was haunted as fuck believe it the the, the problem is to get stories about the hauntedness of the recording was mixed up with him with they would play pranks on each other mm. about how haunted it was so they would be hearing things and seeing things like Tony and and Ozzy Osbourne both said that they saw a black veiled spectre mm. in there following them down all the time they would find this person following mm. them down the thing and they would run past them into a room they would follow them into a room there'd be nothing there at all Ooh. where they were recording the thing so no. this is where the riff from now, I picked the song Who Are You because basically I want to pick the creepiest Ooh. songs you black that's, Sabbath, that's what black I always Sabbath. think. I always think that who song, who are you? No, yeah, not that one. This song is fantastic because early Black Sabbath is phenomenal. Force four, there's no dirt on their force yeah. four. Force four, there's no dirt on their force same four. as uh, Van Halen. Yeah, force four, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. And they all said shit started to kick off when they moved there, <sighs> like, absolutely. They started playing pranks on each other. Did they get chills from drinking too much cargo? Can you imagine a band from Birmingham that are Black Sabbath doing even drinking would not be the thing that was getting them. It was all the drugs. Of course it was. Now, apparently this is a creepy place. This uh, The Clearwell, Clearwell Castle in Gloucestershire is a creepy place to, mm. to even be. Now, I don't know, apart from Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin who had recorded it before, mm. and I don't know how much the drugs had induced, but apparently Bill Ward, the drummer, slept with a dagger on his chest. <laughs> A fucking dragon glass dagger. An absolute dragon glass <laughs> dagger on his fucking chest. <laughs> so apparently when they got there, they said to the people who owned the place and run it, like, there's anything weird happened there. Like, oh yeah. You won't believe it. Oh, this there's this people have now Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple don't be as many stories about them saying anything. Yeah. So you have to balance about if the balance between a massive were, amount of drugs and drink that they would have done. Led Zeppelin too busy sticking sharks up boards and all. Sharks up boards. Yeah, that's a the thing. They done that. That why does that resonate with me as an actual story? Like that's happened. One of them stuck like a fucking baby shark up, <gasps> up a mat or something, yeah. Oh, that story is yeah. very familiar. We should get into it at a different stage, yeah. but not right now. Marilyn Manson apparently tried to recreate it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Weirdly, on that album, uh, Rick Waitman from Yes. Rick Waitman from Yes. Like, I love on Rick Waitman. I love Yes, the band in general. Yeah. Are absolutely His radio fantastic. show is fantastic. Rick Waitman is... A fin- uh, I'm, a, I'm a keyboard player against my will. I mm. don't particularly want to be a forced keyboard player. I am absolutely for I can't tell you why I'm 
forced him to be a keyboard mm. player, but I do release a lot of synthwave stuff. <laughs> you Listen, Gar already, Gar, Gar already mentioned mine. his album. Because no. I got mine out. Gar already <laughs> mentioned his album. I'm not going to talk about the music I do, but I know that like, I have a lot of respect for keyboard players. He did. Rick Wakeman says He's incredible, yeah. Absolutely no uh, ghost stories with this place, but Ozzy, Tony, and Bill all said this place is fucking haunted as fuck. Where they, re- where they recorded Sabbath Release Sabbath. Now, they had zero, pretty much zero material going into this to the point where the band went, I think we're fucked. We don't have anything to record. And then the riff from Sabbath Bloody Sabbath came mm. out. Now, this is the, re- the reason I didn't pick Sabbath Bloody Sabbath as the song is, I just think Who Are You is an even mm. creepier song. Mm. It has also massive amount of keyboards, which I'm a big fan of, if you didn't know that already. There you go. Keyboard players who don't get the respect they deserve. <laughs> <laughs> so... This place in Gloucestershire is apparently creepy as absolute fuck. And I don't think, as much as Black Sabbath were a creepy devil worshipping whatever, they weren't really at no, that stage. they just dopes. They just kind of bought into the vision yeah. of it. Yeah. But this is the first time I think that they got touched by the Actual, devil. What they were talking by about. By the devil, yeah, yeah. They were all freaked out. What they were on about got them. To like. the point where... Uh, just before they finished the album they had to bail out of it they went you know what aside from the fact that we're playing jokes on each other things are getting very very creepy people are following us down the hall to where the recording aspect the, the, the recording place I think was above it and the rehearsal room was in the dungeon area where people absolutely would have been killed yeah 100%, 100% decapitated and it's also the armory as well which was so I'm kind of glad I got Black Sabbath into this uh, podcast and the song Who Are You has always been kind of a if, you, if you're a fan of Ghost and I hate mentioning Ghost because we mention every it, every podcast it's, it's either very, Ghost or Noel Rogers yeah but um, Gloucestershire Clearwell Castle it's pretty much not a studio anymore I don't think you can go get a record, an album recorded in there Haunted as fuck 1973 Black Sabbath Sabbath bloody Sabbath Haunted what's your next one Speaking of of uh, hunted as fuck, I picked the song "Fun Time" by Iggy Pop, and it's off uh, an album Fun called "Fun Time." Fun Time. It's off an album album called "Post Pop Depression." Now, this is will be one of the rare occurrences on this podcast where I have picked a song that has absolutely nothing, nothing to do with the story. Okay, really? Yeah. Post pop depression. Oh, I've got one of them. Don't yeah. worry about that. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna back you up later. Don't worry about that. So, post pop depression was recorded live at the Royal Albert Hall. Okay, so my stories are about the Royal Albert Hall. The Royal Albert Albert Hall. Oh my God! Did you hear that? Someone fucking wind me up. So it's the like a Royal Mortimer Club version of the song. Yeah, go on. I can do this. The Royal Albert Hall is considered to be one of the most haunted places. In England. I actually know I know about that. That is yeah. actually supposed to be a bit creepy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So the Royal Albert Hall opened in 1871. 1871. 1871. That boy was murdered. <laughs> now, to this day... What the dickens are you talking about? <laughs> That's bananas. I bet you tell us the donuts this story is going to be good. That's not a real thing I've ever said. It is. <clears throat> Go on. So, um, to this day, the staff who work there in the hall I'm not going to keep trying to say the Royal Albert Hall there's something about R's and A's the P- the staff who work in the hall have been keeping uh, track and documenting 
ghost stories and weird things to happen there for about 147 years now, right? Yeah, now, I'm into it, I'm into it, come on, give it to me, give it to me. You, there's a, literally a million mad stories about the Royal Albert Hall. The best one, the best one that I could find, I've got three, I've got two mini stories and one fucking juicy one, right? Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, okay, he wrote fucking Sherlock Holmes and keeps going. He was no, obsessed. The, the, thing the, the thing about the fucking land before time. No, no, no. I'm doing a you. I'm getting me, <laughs> get me facts mixed up. The, the thing, yeah, yeah he I, did I, it. I know the, the thing, the, the dinosaur era thing, Art and Conan Doyle did, yeah? Right. Yeah, go on. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was obsessed with the idea of an afterlife. He was a spiritualist in life, okay? Him and his missus used to hire mediums all the time. They used to hire mediums to come to their house and try and get in contact with the dead all the time. been cl- that close with your missus. That you had an interest that, that you had a thing that you had a thing that you could both enjoy in a financial well, level. Well, both of them were into fucking dead people, like wings, like wings. Yeah. So, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle had this thing that he talked about his entire life that when he died, people should try and contact him, and he will contact them from beyond the grave to prove an afterlife. Okay. Did you so, do, did you do that? I, I'm a lawyer for right now, right? So I'm not going to do it. But in 1930, the Spiritualist Association of England rented out the Royal Albert Hall one week after the death of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, right? To try and get in contact with him. You know what? He's literally just putting his boxers in the drawer. Yeah. Don't give him a bit of time. He lads. hasn't opened the suitcase in heaven. Right? He hasn't. He's literally just finding out where the canteen is. Lads. Exactly. Give him a minute now. Give him a minute. Here's where it's fucked up. In heaven, ten thousand people came to the hall to witness this. Bullshit. Ten thousand people fucking came into the Royal Albert Hall Holy to shit. see. The fucking Spiritualist Association of England get in contact with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle because he had made such a big song and dance about when he dies, he is coming back to let everybody know there's an afterlife. Would so, you give him a month though? I don't think time matters when you're dead. I'm not entirely sure. Let him change into a new pair of uh, now, apparently, long johns. <laughs> apparently, what happened? Um, there's a little bit of fucking. Uh, uh, conflicting stories about about what happened but apparently what happened was the main medium who was in control of the 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 scenario and what was going on that night um, got in contact with two or three different spirits to try and get in contact with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle eventually they got in contact with Doyle supposedly supposedly and he via the medium said, have you been to the shed? Via the medium of bullshit. Yeah, pretty much. Said, have you been to the shed today? And his wife, who was sitting on the stage, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's wife, to the shed. <laughs> said, <laughs> fucking, he said, have you been Burns, to the shed? suits, burns, <laughs> suits. <laughs> the medium says, have you been to the shed? There's something in the shed for you. Right? The fucking wife stands up. What the fuck is going on? The medium turns around and says, I have a message for you, my dear wife. As the medium says this, the organ player starts fucking... Starts giving it the fucking large one. Everybody in the audience starts screaming. Stop playing. 10,000 people. Yeah. Stop playing the organ. We need to hear 
what fucking Stop. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle has Shut to up. say to his wife, start screaming, the whole fucking thing is shut down. It's the end. No way. Yeah. Wow. I, right? The whole thing's over. The medium fucking, the organist stops playing, the people lie down, the message is being con- 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 conferred, conveyed, yeah. to, conveyed, conferred, conveyed to fucking his loving wife. Um, it's a personal message. It's not for public consumption. Wow! Um, oh, that, nice. That was the end of fucking that. Did we hear what that message? No, is? nobody. Of course, you didn't, because it's not from for the ten thousand. Because it's not there. Yeah, because it's not real. Now, <laughs> no, it is real. <laughs> this whole podcast is real. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you take that from us? Now, apparently, on the second of November at two a.m. every single year, two young girls appear in the basement area of the Royal Albert Hall. That's the band tattoo. Yes, exactly. Running through your head in the basement, hunting your calf. Right? So, all the things she said, all the things she said, yeah. <gasps> all the things she said, all the things she said, running through my head, running through my head, running through my head. Right. Underrated band tattoo. We just triggered uh, the YouTube fucking algorithm. <laughs> it's being deleted. We're that good. We nailed it. We're so good. Key we, perfect. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the 2nd of November, 2 a.m., every year, two girls appear in the basement. And they run around the basement and freak everybody out, right? Now, what they found out is that before the Royal Albert Hall was built, there were two houses on that site. One was known as Grove House and one was known as Gore House. Okay? I don't think that's anything to do with like Gore, right? Just Gore is a popular name in England. Yeah. yeah. Martin okay. Gore, the Pesh Mode. Exactly. So you had Grove House and Gore House that were on the sites of on the site of where the Royal Albert Hall was built. Now, apparently, in the basement of Gore House, there was a brothel where there was many unexplained disappearances of women. Disappearances of penises? Yes, disappearing fucking, yeah, okay. <laughs> disappearing fucking jip inside gobs, right? So, where the two girls appear, apparently, is on the... F- <laughs> where the two we girls... We got jip in, we got jip in. Twice. Where the girls appear, apparently, is on the site of where Gore House was, where the, the prostitution den, the, 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 the fucking, um, the whorehouse, essentially, was. Did That's where the two girls appear. Did girl get strangled there? Quite possibly. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, don't strangle anyone, but especially yeah, don't, don't do that. It. Now, apparently, every year as well, uh, sorry, not every year, but every couple of months, there's a man seen running around uh, the hall. And he's wearing... That's Jill Talent, man. It could be Jill Talent. That's pretty much Jill Talent. There's a man around seen around there, running yeah. around where the organ is. Okay? On the lower part of the body. <laughs> there's a man seen running around. Now, he fits the description of the man who originally installed the organ into the Royal Albert Hall. Holy shit. So we've seen every year. Now, the most current regular... This is why I couldn't use... Um, why I had to use Iggy Pop. Okay, I could have picked from a hundred different artists that have live albums in Albert Hall. Yeah. Um, I picked Iggy Pop because I don't think we touched on Iggy Pop before. Um, but the most recent documented thing was, <laughs> this is fucked up, in 1990, do you remember the comedian Jasper Carrot? I do. His, um, his daughter is the receptionist in the office, the English office. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, Jacinta Carrot. I watched so much American Office, I can't think of the... I'm the same as Shameless, I don't remember English Shameless. Yeah, that's... that's, uh, The English Office... um, With Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Gervais? Gervais? Yeah, Gervais. Gervais. I always say Gervais. That's what Louis... uh, 
the, the Irish guy. The, yeah. I'm so drunk. Yeah, go for it. All right. So Jasper Carrot. Jasper Carrot was doing a live recording in the Royal Albert Hall in 1990. And apparently backstage, there was a fucking ghost running around backstage, freaking all the crew out. This is fucking mad, right? Literally to the point where the uh, performance was almost paused. Wow. Like they almost said, listen, yeah, back this we need to knock this on the head. So there was a ghost running around backstage while Jasper Carrot was on stage recording a special. Right now, also, he used to be one of my favorite comedians. I used to love him as well. Absolutely loved that guy. Apparently, during the exact same performance, there was an empty seat um, on one of the balconies that was always constantly lit up by um, one of the the floodlights. That was empty, and apparently, thousands of people that were there said that they saw like the figure of a person flashing, like it would be there one second and gone the next, like thousands of people reported seeing this one kind of grey shrouded fucking figure sitting in a seat and be gone one minute and there the next while Jasper Carrot is recording that is fucking mental yeah and I, I don't know whether it was recorded on video 1990 I would assume that it's recorded on video to be honest with you I would assume so Jasper um, Carrot's daughter Lucy Davies Lucy from Davies the, uh, from the office well, there you go I used to like Jasper Carrot an awful lot myself do you know what he was one of the fun comedians. He was genuinely, you know, when we were growing up, the biggest ones for us would have been Billy Connolly. Yeah. Because Billy Connolly was untouchable back then. But Jasper Carr, for me, would have been one of my f- absolute favourite comedians. And I love that he didn't do any, like, he didn't really do any acting or any of that. Mm. He just came out and did a thing. He got sick, didn't he? Yeah, he got a little bit sick. Yeah, by the end of it. Yeah, I think that that's probably why he didn't end up going into Jasper Carr had a, this just absolute delivery of... Me and you, we're yeah, just, but, just, just yeah, absolute was, normal, like a, yeah. everyman fucking comedian. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm yeah. massive fan of him. That's crazy, though. Yeah, but during, that, that was the last proper big ghosty story from the Albert from Hall. the Royal Albert Hall. Who was your next one? My next one is Cigarose. Okay, I think I read a little bit about this one. And this isn't a haunted story. No, it's just a mad place at all. It's not a haunted story at all. But I will tell you why I find it incredibly creepy. So Cigarose, when they were doing their third album, which is the one with the, two, I'm going to call it O. Okay. It's the two closed brackets. You know, when you can put yep. like a, when it became a digital area, you can just put like two closed brackets to your album. Mm-hmm. So this recording in 2002. This is the, the song I picked was the Untitled 3. Um, it's zero creepy story for most people. But for me, I'll tell you why it's creepy. It was recorded in a converted swimming pool in Iceland I read a bit about this yeah they found yeah. this mad swimming pool that sounded really cool it sounded really cool and yeah. it's really like the, the deep end of it it was kind of like layered and stuff like that so they, they this is where Sigurós decided to Sigurós are obviously an Icelandic um, Jesus I can't I can't a, do it I, I can't actually... put a name on what their music yeah. is but I'm absolutely massive fan I love I'm not they're phenomenal I, I don't get it they create, and, and I swear to God, and I mean this in a non-pretentious way, their own language for singing vocals. Mm. It's like Batushka. It's not, yeah, it's not their own. Well, no, but that's an actual language. This is... Is that not... If they're doing their own language, that's just not make you be nonsense then. But if we listen to them, it sounds like it could be Icelandic, but it's not really... It's then not it's really, make you up, be yeah. shy, helmet. Yeah. It's but make no, you up, be shy. But... And I know that like a lot of absolutely fart smellers and I call fart smellers are people who are musical buffs. 
Yeah. We're not musical buffs, despite having a podcast about music. I don't think we really... Well, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not into music. I am a big fan of it, but <laughs> Cigarettes have fans, like Teal fans, like, you know, are yeah. big fucking fart smellers. Too much. They smell their own farts and think the farts smell great. Yeah. Oh, Cigarettes, man. If you were, they have their own language and mm. stuff like that. They recorded in their place called and it's really fucking hard to pronounce it oh, these so, languages that we, our, our mouths can't make them yeah the noises, so so yeah. forgive us for getting this wrong but it's uh, Sundaglin to which our, is, our which f- is the Icelandic word for uh, a pool our four Icelandic pool, fucking listeners yeah, yeah. so the, the, this is Sigurosa's own studio that they kind of made in around the early 2000s to record all their albums now I saw pictures of it it, do, it doesn't look initially like it's a it was a pill, but I found photos of what it was before because it's actually on Cigarettes' sites, what it looked yeah. like before, and it looks creepy as fuck. Now, the reason it's creepy as fuck for me is because I can't swim. Mm. And pill, big, big pills, especially deep pills, are terrifying. I'm also for me. not into big pills. I'm mad at the big pills. Not like someone else's. No, absolutely not other people's. Uh, yeah. no, so you wouldn't want to swim in somebody else's. It's phenomenal to have your own big pill. Is it? Have you ever had a joint big poo and gone the rest of your day like you feel like the king of the world? No. Really? I've walked around in pain, like, open. Like, you're, you need an ass jack. Yeah. Hank Williams' ass jack. Like a door on the Hobbit's house. No, the reason I picked this is, like, I was reading through places. I knew that Cigarettes had a studio in a, an old abandoned pool. Yeah. Whatever it was. Well, it was abandoned. They, they, they. They bought it, reconstituted or re, re, uh, remade it into a kind of pool. The, the idea of them recording in, an, and it, if you look at pictures of it now, the kind of entrance of it is like a normal level, but they have to go down through these. Oh, they kept it. It looks like they kept the original stairs, the metal stairs, mm. to go down to this. Did they put a roof and all on it? Yeah, no, no, the roof was already there. Oh, okay, the roof, like, the roof was a really kind of rudimentary kind of like wood and tarpaulin okay. kind of roof. Yeah. And this is a this is a kind of not particularly massive. Uh, it's not in like Reykjavik or anything. Mm. It's, it's in this place in in Iceland as well. But when I was reading about this now. I, I liked this album. I'm I I am I'm a big fan of of Cigarettes' music. I really love it. I really love how creepy the fuck mm. it is. And this is the creepiest song I think from this, which is why I picked it. But the reason I picked it is because it's in. It's not haunted. It's genuinely haunted. As far as I know, zero weird. people have ever died in <laughs> yeah. this in it's this, a weird in this place. old in this old pool from the eighties or, or the seventies, mm. whatever it was made. And if you look at pictures of it, you'll find this one still of the guy who owned it, I think, and his family about to go swimming in it, and it's creepy as fuck. But the real reason it's creepy is because I'm terrified by swimming pools. Me, this is a personal story. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm digging deep here into a personal story. I can't swim. I've never ever learned to swim. Now, I was given money as a child in Coolmine. I don't know if some of you might remember Coolmine was a popular swimming pool in Dublin, mm. Northside. I never went. I just spent the money on sweets and whatever. <laughs> and I bunked, I bunked off. And I never went proper swimming in this yeah. pool. So I never learned to swim. And to this day, I can swim. I could swim from, I could swim maybe like seven meters. Yeah. But my style of swimming is so bad that I burn out all my energy. I'm, I'm flapping basically to stay alive. Yeah, yeah. So if someone throws me into water, I'll flip out and I won't do it. And I remember one time in Kilmine where I did go with my mates. They were like, let's go, let's go, we'll, we'll go swimming. And I was like, yeah, yeah, cool, go. So they thought it would be hilarious to throw me into the deepest end of Kilmine oh. swimming pool. 
Now, you know the story. If you want to learn someone to swim, you throw, learn to teach someone bollocks. to swim. Yeah, bollocks. You, you fuck throw them into the bottom. I was genuinely a child of that theory. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, it doesn't fucking work. No, it doesn't. It does not work. No. I love swimming, but as a child, I wouldn't get into a pool after I saw the movie Jaws. Yeah, I, I, no, I know why, I know why I am, I know why I'm a terrified of swimming. About maybe mid 80s, I was up in Glen Malore around the lake area and I was absolutely never getting into the water. Mm. Oh, we're getting very personal here. It's okay. Let it out, man. Let it out. I slipped in and I didn't know how to swim and my cousins didn't really know how to deal with the situation so I fucking flipped out so they just laughed at you so somehow I flipped up flipped up enough energy to get to the edge mm. and then spout out a lot of water mm. so the idea that cigarettes recorded in this pool when I when I knew this I went in this drowning pool in this drowning pool <laughs> <laughs> drowning pool I have another story about drowning pool I won't get into now um, the idea that Cigarettes recorded this album uh, oh I'm going to call it oh it's too close in the swimming pool terrifies me you know who else and their music in general is super yeah. haunted anyway it's it's uh, not my bag but I, I understand I, I, I know really? a little bit about it it's never there's some really? stuff that's just beyond me I'm going to be honest with you but it's I don't understand Cigarettes being beyond anybody because I think that the music itself is so rudimentary in emotion oh god it's, that, it's sounds so, that sounds yeah. so hipster rudimentary no. in emotion no, it, oh it, god it is a natural shoot me in the head with a massive gun <laughs> it, it is a natural type of music I, I get it but it never yeah. done anything to me believe it or not one of the the producers that I kind of followed for years is a guy called Chu Madsen who's a Swedish record producer who also records in a swimming pool he also he only records drums in a swimming pool. Really? Yeah. He has a, a swimming pool. I don't know whether it's in his studio or in his house or he rents one, an empty one. But uh, he's worked with like The Haunted, uh, Sick of It All, Himsa, a lot of these kind of weird kind of metalcore and yeah. hardcore bands. But he gets this real, like real aggressive, punchy kind of sound by putting the drummers into a swimming pool. And he, he puts... Um, full of water? No, no. No, obviously. An empty one, yeah, yeah. You so it's really hard to... It's there. incredibly In difficult. water. Yeah, yeah. Um, we know that from uh, the Smells Like Teen Spirit video. It's, <laughs> it does, doesn't work. There's something about swimming pills, man, that will always does not freak me out. And I've had very close friends to me tell me, I'll bring you right now to a swimming pill, teach you how to swim. Basically, what you do is you flow. I don't think my body flows in water. It goes straight to the bottom. So that moment Made where of sand. that that moment where my friends convinced me to jump into the deep end and then laughed about well, it when I tried to, so it, they did that and I, there's something about the deep end of a swimming pool that terrifies the fucking shit out of me. It did for me, and for still a long to time. this, little, there's a certain amount that can swim, like I said, just by pure flapping around. Yeah, but I, I'm not a swimmer, and I can't the surviving swim. Surviving and the swimming, putting my head underwater terrifies me to really? this day. Really? So even just in, uh, I've been to a few gyms in my life where like I've been with, been with let's jump in the pool and I've swam in the shallow end and I've been fine as long as I can touch my feet touch the, bottom, the ground. Yeah, if yeah. I can touch the ground, I'm fine. But if I feel like I can't, so, and I didn't realize until recently that they recorded this album in the, uh, what was the your worst nightmare, nightmare essentially. Like, basically way more worse. <laughs> That's why cigarettes are Very my good. option. Who's your next one? Uh, I picked Sepultura. 
Sepultra. Yeah, I was going to pick these for this. <laughs> yeah. I was going to do it. Uh, Sepultura. Now, I picked Propaganda, which is not even the song we're going to talk about. Uh, the song we're going to talk about is off the same album. It's off KSID. It's called Kayavas. And uh, it's 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 interesting. It's not interesting at the same time. It's 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 it's, it's a, be interesting. It's a weird one. This was recorded in what's called Shepstow Castle in Wales. Wales and in Wales. Now, uh, Shepstow Castle is the oldest surviving post-Roman fortress in Britain. Right. Hang on, the oldest surviving post-Roman stone fortress in Britain. Okay, now I pick propaganda. It's a better song. The the, the Coyavas is, is the instrumental kind of indigenousy sound in Brazilian blinky fucking. It's not a filler. It just doesn't suit the rest of the album. Um, it's incredible in general that several tour are from Brazil. If you think about it, yeah, yeah, pretty because much. Name me, name me another band as big from Brazil. Yeah, I mean there no, are bands. No, there's not. But as big, no. With like it, with the, the only other bands generally from Brazil are Angra, which are another metal band, mm. but also uh, <coughs> Let's Make Love and Listen Death from Above, that pop CCS album, mm. CCS bands. The Brazil have a absolutely sponge like want of music. Mm. But they don't get the gigs we get. No. Apart from Rock and Rio. Yeah. That's why... Now, I don't mean to fucking rag on Brazil here because I'm absolutely so many Brazilian friends. But if you look at... There's a joke going around the internet for all bands in the world. When they put up any post, the post is, come to Brazil. Mm. Do you ever hear that? The yeah. joke, come to Brazil, come yeah. to Brazil. Yeah. And that's because people don't actually go there as much as they do. Yeah. So Brazil, it's, I find it incredible... Sepultura are st- they'll never I will say this right now there will never ever be a band as big in the world from Brazil as Sepultura no ever ever no, on no. Ireland as well I don't think it's bar, possible bar you two they'll yeah. never be as big no I don't think it's possible um, but this song uh, Coyavas or Coyavas it could be Was but most countries would pronounce a W as a V bar the English language so I'm going to say Coyavas yeah um they decided that they wanted to record in a castle and they really really liked the idea of uh, when they saw a photo, it was a Shepstow. Because, um, obviously, there's no roof on it. And they wanted to record at night. And they were going to record entirely, acoustically. So they wanted... When they were recording, it was early evening. Sorry, late evening. It was just getting dark. And the stars were starting to come out. So you can hear, like, seagulls squawking in the background. And it's, it sounds really, really nice. Yeah. Now, for me... What was the the album before this? Arroyas, yeah? Beneath the Rains, Arroyas, and then KSID. Yep. Yeah? So this album is KSID. For me, KSID is, I think it's their best album. People will argue Arroyas, but I think it's Chaos. Um, and people are born in the early days Well, people who say Roots are not, wrong. No, they're they wrong. are wrong. Yeah. Unfortunately, they are wrong. Yeah, yeah. And I love that album, but they are wrong. They're wrong. Um, KSID was the... Per- <laughs> Jesus, big cough. Fucking hell. Big cough. <laughs> Have a big cough. It was the perfect mix of uh, their style of metal with they they uh, pop is the wrong word. They made their music more accessible. Mainstream. I don't even know what no, a mainstream yeah, right, is right, the right word. It's but hard, it's, it's hard to say. Yeah, I don't but know. The, the difference the difference between Beneath the Remains and KSID is fucking stark. 
Like it's night and day. Yeah. But I don't think Arroyo's bridges that. I do, I do not think Arroyo's bridges it. Arroyo's is closer. I think Arroyo's is closer to Benita Remains than KSID. KSID is a completely different animal. Completely different. Like they took, they took all the the. The, the, the fame and uh, gratitude of the public that they gained and garnered off Arroyo's and they turned it into this absolutely spectacular, one-of-a-kind album. That's what I always say. There's a time when a band touches on success and that is possibly my always my favourite album where they usually they yeah. pander slightly, slightly to the more Just accessible bit, yeah. and they bend their sound to an ear. Yeah. They bend their sound to a big ear and that is when, for me, that is always the pinnacle of an album yeah. where they, for me, it's also always pretty much the album we come in on. As a rule. Not always, yeah. but sometimes. Yeah, as as a rule, yeah. the big joint album is the one that, that people that of our age. slightly towards the mainstream, but isn't the mainstream. Yeah, mainstream, it's your, yeah. your Green yeah. Day Dookie, it's Absolutely. your Offspring Smash, it's your whatever. Like The Black Album, if you, yeah. well, I, that wouldn't be my favourite, no. but yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. but that's the one. Yeah. That generally is the one. It's your uh, Counting of Extinction. It, you know, there's the, the albums that are that when, define when, them. When they kind of touch a little bit just on what people want and stick with what they want yeah. is a different ballgame. And I, I, as a rule, it's when they find a fucking really solid producer as well who understands. Of course, that's there's uh, greatness. Uh, you know what? You're right. It's always when they, the producer calls them or the, the record level goes, you know what? This is a good sound, but we want to. Gentrify yeah. it. We, there's greatness in there, but we there need to make it accessible. Exactly. exactly. To, that's the I, best. To, that, I know that, that. That's this. That's this purple patch yeah. of a band. Exactly. It's the extra twenty five percent bar the base, the base kind of ratio of people that are listening to it to begin with. Yeah. But the song Coyotes was recorded there. I picked Propaganda. Propaganda was originally uh, supposed to be the title of the album. It wasn't supposed to be KSID. Um. Apparently, KSID came from uh, Earth AD, the Misfits album. And chaos was just Max Cavalier's Man, idea. Of how how influential are the Misfits? If you think all of it doesn't it's matter. Disgusting. How influential yeah. they are. Well, I've talked about it there to somebody the other night. Uh, Misfits for tone and bad brains for performance. I think that's oh, that's brains. yeah. I think that's your 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 fucking machinations for what yeah. people want these days. Yeah. But Sheffield Castle has a weird little history. It's not the greatest of haunted histories, but there's mad stuff going on. There's a gift shop. Outside Shepstow Castle, right? so it's open to the public. You can go there now today, and fucking get a tour and have a route around yourself. Going but to it, Wales, exactly. I've been to Wales multiple times. Wales is beautiful. I'd love to go. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I've never been. Um, you got the uh, Snowdonia National Park, and it's, it's 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 a beautiful country. They should try and go for their own. Uh, they won't. Country. No, they we're not getting. Will. We're also not no, getting farmers. Into this, never going to happen. Not happening. So, Brexit lad, it's never going to happen. Um, so you the the gift shop there apparently is plagued every day with the smells of cooking food. They always smell food cooking, in particular onions, frying onions. They always smell it. There's been sightings of a man that's known. His his name is Henry Martin. And he was an exiled lawyer. He was exiled by King Charles II. And he was sent to fucking hide out in this castle. And he lived there for 12 years before he choked on his dinner and died. Choked on onions. Exactly. But there's been a bunch Silly of... Silly Exactly. But there's been a bunch of fucking haunted and talky experiences by people who work um, as tour guides and in the gift shop, and generally in the vicinity of the place. There's a weird one that happened. 
very, very close by, there's a big series of caves. Okay? So people go like spelunking and caving and diving into these caves. And there was a guy a couple of years Imagine ago. I wasn't having the time. I love to have the I time and the energy to do See the way you talked about swimming pools? See, like getting into a cave underwater? Oh, no, I'm, I'm 100% with you on that. Small spaces. There's, there's a few things I can't do. Pills, small spaces, and uh, reading letters and words properly. Yeah. Yeah, my numbers. Numbers, uh, especially yeah. cannot Richard. do it. Richard. Oh, no, no, just uh, my number is 086, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, uh, those letters. I'm number numbers. 1, 2, 3, 4, X, Y, 7, you. in the cave, beside the pool. See, like, Have ne- you noticed? Never thought of you. A lot, a lot of things are sending me, uh, you need to log in with these quick, uh, you know, it's quick logins. So, yeah. like, my, my bank is sending me this thing when I from the logins. My bank oh, yeah, like five digits. So, so I read Pick it. the fourth, third, and fifth. I read six, six numbers. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. from one tab. Yeah, it takes, me, yeah. To the left. It takes me eight and hours. I can't do yeah, it. I cannot do it. Yeah. But nearby, this fellow went caving a couple of years ago. And he claims to have come across the ghost of King Arthur and his knights. Now, there's a legend. I'm buying into this. I'm with this. Give it to me. There's a legend in Britain that King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table are in waiting for the time that England needs them most. Right? This is Which being said. Would definitely be now. Close enough. End of the month. <laughs> End of the month. We might we might need King Arthur the to step absolute in. State of, yep. The absolute state of England right now. In shite, unfortunately. Not the country. Yeah. Because they're solid. Yeah. The, but the political the, situation the, is yeah, grim. Oh God. Um, but yeah, a caver claims to have come across the ghost of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, who told him to tell the people of England to await their return in their time of need. Right? Now, also, in the gift shop, they sell chess sets. Okay? Right. They have these personalised chess sets with loads of the kings of uh, Wales and England and Scotland, whatever. Every night, they have one display chessboard. Every single night, the chess pieces move. Every single night. In a proper way that could in a proper constitute way. an actual match. I don't know whether it's an actual move. I don't know. But the chess pieces move. Crazy. Now, what they've done is they, they've like put talcum powder around the display. It's in a glass cabinet. Like they, the Northern Soul, lads. Yeah, exactly. They put talcum powder all around the glass cases. And they filmed it. They've looked for it. The house bank. There's never been footprints. There's never been mouse footprints. There's never been anything. But in the morning, the chess Mouse pieces, chess. Well, mouse footprints. Like. It sounds like something Sky would do. It sounds like a Disney movie, really. But never has there ever been evidence of anybody going near the chess set and moving the pieces. They move wow. by themselves at night. And this is despite repeated attempts to disprove that the chess pieces move by themselves in Chepstow Castle. That's crazy. Isn't it? Anyway, that's Sepultura. I mean, it's not the greatest one in the world, but it's in a spooky place. The fact that they went from Brazil to Wales to record a song. I even said it like Wales. Wales. Yeah. Who's your next one? My next one is... Your last one. That was my last one. This is my last one as well. Is this the last one? I'm closing the book. Are you ready? Keith's closing the book. I've got pages to rustle. Um, These lads have appeared on this podcast probably the most of any band. Really? It's it's Pink Floyd. Who was it? (gasps) Pink Floyd have dirt. Pink Floyd have popped up, and we haven't even. The gas thing is, Pink Floyd have popped up so much, but we've never really dug in. No, and this is no different. We're not really digging in that much as well. Pink Floyd recorded this. The song is "Careful with That Axe, Eugene," which uh, is I love. I love this. I love this track. I absolutely love this track. They recorded this in Pompeii. Now, answer me this: Where's Pompeii? Greece. 
That's exactly what I would have fucking said. Is it Italy? It's Italy. It is Italy, yeah. I would it's have fucking yeah, Italy, yeah. the entire of my life. Yeah. I would have thought Mount Vesuvius yeah. was Greece. Same job. No, it's Italy, you're right. It's Italy. Yeah. Instantly my brain goes to Greece, but it's not, it's Italy. So Pink Floyd hired a lad called Adrian Maven to do a documentary about them. Now Adrian Maven was in Pompeii uh good looking, band. At, looking at the ruins. Pink Floyd are a good band. Pompeii. Pompeii. <laughs> yeah, I was like thinking for Garrett doesn't like Pink Floyd. So no, oh yeah, I do like Pink Floyd. You know what? I don't know how you don't like them, man. It's not my bag. Just dig in. Dig in a little bit more. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna die on this hill. So careful with the Axe Eugene would be known by a lot, but this is the Pompeii version of it. Now Pompeii is in Italy, which actually genuinely struck me. I thought it was Greece as well. Mm. Genuinely thought the whole Mount Vesuvius thing was Greece. It's not Italy. It's in Rome. Uh, Oh, is it in Rome? Let's park that for a second. Mm. So, they hired a guy called Adrian Maven to do um, a documentary about him, and he had just recently been to Pompeii. He lost his passport and had to go back into the amphitheater in Pompeii where he already was. And he, he looked around himself. Was, this is without the thousands of people surrounding it, mm. and he saw it in its dead, humanless form. Mm. And he went, "You know what? This would be a phenomenal place for a gig." Mm. So Pink Floyd heard him and he went, Pink Floyd, you know what you should do? We should go to Pompeii and record Pink Floyd live in Pompeii. Uh, yeah. So in 72, they went there. They recorded Pink Floyd live in Pompeii, yeah. which is not really on Spotify, which was a hard dig for me yeah. to get this. This was a remastered version on a, on a, on a no, it's an album as a, B, a B-side. Ah, like, so, like an add-on, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. if you go there and you, you can watch on YouTube. And I remember when I was about 15 watching this, no, it would have been later than that on YouTube watching. So when they started this, so the song, if you watch the Live in Pompeii by Pink Floyd, if you watch this track Echoes, you will see them in the amphitheater mm. with nobody around them. And it is genuinely beautifully creepy. The reason I think it's creepy is because it's fucking Pompeii. Mm. Now, Pompeii is one of the two cities that are name checked in the Mount Vesuvius mm-hmm. uh, let's call it a tragedy where it melted yeah the, the, the figure is 1500 people but they think it's way more than I, that I would assume it's way more yeah way more than that people who were and the, the, the weird thing about that is they learned so much from human nature back then because you know there was a blow caught wanking I heard that. Yeah. I heard that in around, yeah. yeah. Well, he, like he was fucking freeze-dried, cooked while what's wanking, r- yeah. What's wrong with men? They have to constantly wanking, masturbate. Like. You, don't, you don't do any of that now. I know you're, you're not. I don't know what you're talking Terrible. So he got, Pink Floyd were like, yeah. Now, now, recently in the last, maybe, I think it was two, maybe 2006, they went back and uh, Roger Waters did a little thing in in, a, in this amphitheater, just based on nostalgia and mm-hmm. the fact that Pink Floyd and Pompeii is a big historical, sort of album, historical yeah. thing. Yeah, The album Live in Pompeii is not on Spotify, but I did find uh, a remastered yeah. version of uh, Careful with the Axe Eugene is brilliant and Echoes is brilliant as well. But uh, if you watch the videos of it, you'll see Echoes done in the daytime where you can see everything. Careful with the Axe Eugene is spliced with lava melting which i think hmm. is <laughs> yeah is it is it indecent i don't know a smidgen but to record an album in a place where 
that many people yeah. would have died. Well, Vesuvius, this is... I'm trying to really struggling to find the other place in Italy, Hercules, Herculiani, where other people died as well. Pompeii is a big one, but yeah. this other place, this other city as well. Kit Harrison was in the movie Pompeii from Game of Thrones. They He's made a movie not about a great it. actor. God he is garbage. God, God love, love him. Yeah. him. He. That poor lad is in rehab because people keep telling him he's not a good actor. Really? And we've just, yeah, no, yeah, we've just added to that now by telling Fuck him he's not. But to be fair, there's only a very few good actors in the main amount of Game of Thrones people who are good. No, they, they heard, no, 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 hang on. They heard the, the backlog of, yeah. the, like, they're amazing. The background Char characters. Dance, yeah. oh, the, the lad, the fucking. Rats in the flats. They're all solid. Rats like. in the flats is yeah. there. Yeah. Bruce Bolton. Yeah. yeah. Um, I watched this. Again, recently, after watching it years ago, and it is genuinely kind of a creepy fucking place. It's actually quite a small amphitheater. We're talking maybe, I'd say maybe 800, 900 people could fill this small mm. place. This is the kind of place where Dead Can Dance would play gigs mm. now. I'm wearing a t-shirt that says Dead Can Dance. It's your Aslan t-shirt. Dead Can Dance and Aslan are it's not the, the, the cover. Is it? The hand? Yeah. This was this was like in the 80s, man. It's mad. Aslan, it does look like that album now that you say yeah. it, but that was the hands and feet. Um, Live at Pompeii from uh, the early 70s is, um, it wouldn't be like my go-to thing I'd watch from, Live from Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not. But it is kind of cool because the reason he wants to do this is because all of the live footage from Pink Floyd before that was from like Woodstock and places where the camera would constantly pan to the crowd. Mm. This is a place where there is zero crowd. Yeah. So it was kind of hard for them to get back into this place, but they wrangled it much in the vein of killing joke that we talked about mm. at the start of the podcast. They wrangled it. They got in there and the only people that you can see in the live performances are Pink Floyd and the camera crew. And it really? is kind you of can't a, see the, the bodies like, there's no bodies in no no they dug this up they dug all, they dug this up years yeah, before yeah. this okay. so they just the amphitheater yeah, yeah. now I don't know how many bodies were found in this particular yeah, yeah. amphitheater of of Pompeii yeah, 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 yeah. which still blows me away that's yeah. it the end of Greece because I was so geographically incorrect about Zeus this. and I'm not going to lie to you people listening to this going Pompeii is it? in Italy man yeah well, it I, is I would say a good 60% yeah. I would have said Greece that's why that, yeah. the reason I have a little note here going ask her where Pompeii is <laughs> I do I, do. <coughs> I can see it it's, it's there and now I am did not realise this is the beginning of Rome whatever mm -hmm. we talked about Rome on this podcast earlier hard, you know Rome one of, the, one of the big reasons for Rome actually being a place is because of uh, mercenaries from Ireland were sent there. I think we started everything. We're not far off it. Yeah. We are brilliant. Um, Irish people, <laughs> Irish harriers were sent to uh, Italy uh, during like a tribal dispute, and we were one of the reasons. One of the reasons that Rome became such a giant militarized state was because of an invasion of Irish um, tribal warriors that were sent there, like for money as like restitution for something that the Romans had done beforehand. We were hired as mercenaries. Really? Yeah, yeah. And afterwards, they like fortify the city, start armoring their guards, start training their soldiers. I love that you're properly. not reading this. You're just pounding this yeah. off the memory yeah. brains. Yeah. You see, the problem with me is my, uh, whenever I learn a new thing, it pushes something. Yeah. Like Beyonce's birthday. It yeah. pushes something. Yeah, know, it pushes yeah. something vastly important I out of my brain. Generally. Like one of my will, one of my siblings' birthdays, it will push oh, yeah. out of my brain. That's normal for me. I don't remember anybody's birthday. 
like happened multiple occasions. Well, I, you know what? I'm going to say this right now, right? And hopefully, <coughs> some of my family may be listening. The reason I don't remember birthdays is because Cause numerical, I numerical dyslexia, and it's called dyscalculia. Now, it would be really handy if it was called dyscalculia, which mm. would sound better. Dyscalculia. But what, what we have, and I didn't realize until this podcast that you have the same thing as me. Dyscalculia is when numbers. You could yeah, say uh, garbage, just blurred and dates, messy. Dates yeah. and numbers are absolutely. No. I don't remember them unless fa- they're written in front of they're me. They're like Vaseline is covering them. Mm-hmm. I can't figure them out until I. That's why Google uh, calendars has been an absolutely yeah. huge life-saver. part of my life. Yeah, huge part of my life because as, as someone who's not as busy as I like to t- say I am, because I've I've a nighttime job. I don't. I do have a daytime job as well, but we won't get into that. Well, that sounds sexual. No, uh, Phil and Johnny's. And sending them to... Uh, yeah, Amos' sister. Amos. <laughs> I love how good we are at callback jokes. Give us a bit of, give us a bit of credit for that. So, Live at Pompeii is a little bit creepy for mm. me when I watch it back and the lads are like... It's the site of an atrocity, not a man-made atrocity. Not a man-made natural, atrocity, yeah. A absolutely. natural disaster. And if you look at... Do you know what I, I found about this recently, researching this? Some of the artwork about Vesuvius and Pompeii is incredible looking. Mm-hmm. Like, just the drawings of what happened of Kit based Harrington. on the... Of Kit Harrington. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't know. Maybe you should I be I don't queen. want it. Uh, I don't want it. I don't I'm, want uh, it. Uh, Fucking... I'm, Volcano. I made a pledge to the Night's Watch and someday I'll return, but not right now because apparently I can make my own fucking rules up. <laughs> so my I killed the dragon. My last one, and I believe it is the last one, is uh, Pink Floyd at Pompeii where uh, at least 1,500 people got Se- Several teen people melted. died. Ashed. Ashed and melted, but preserved, preserved enough for people to learn stuff from, which including, is quite incredible. Yeah. Including the lad who have no wank. And I'm also glad I got Pink Floyd in for the 75th time in this That podcast. might actually only be the second, uh, third. No, right? no. I think it's third. No, we've talked about... Prove us wrong. About. I believe it's third. I could be wrong. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. We're all smashed up right now. I'm actually... I'm coming out of it now. Are you sober now? Yeah, I'm coming out of it You now. came out... Uh, I didn't lift home. Um, in your car? You don't, don't? Not anymore. I got oh, has got no car anymore. I never had a car. You did. I had a motherfucker. You keep buying fucking Renaults, and that's your. I had a Renault problem, once in Mad Cunt. Yep. You know what? Don't buy a Renault. No. That's the rule of a car. Don't buy the French Renaults. I had the actually the one Renault I had was no, no I had two Renaults. One was a beast. Told you. And one was the worst thing I ever bought. Worst. worst. France. Are we happy with France? Uh, no. no. Italy. <laughs> Back no to ge- geography. This was our um, haunted or therefore maybe kind of creepy. This is our general kind of Halloween podcast, I believe. Places that songs were recorded where bad shit may have occurred. Yeah. Uh, so as always you can support us on patreon.com forward slash lost art podcast we do appreciate every um, couple of euro slash dollars you can throw at us it keeps us alive it buys new equipment we have savage ideas for ways to spend that money we do actually we have a little list of things that the, the patrons that come in we go can we afford to do that now we're not paupers but at the same time, we. I am this week. We oh god, so am I actually. It's a bad week. I live in I live in a part of town that is particularly expensive to live mm. But the, the Patreon, we're we're not flush with fucking cash. We 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 run a little podcast there over the bottom basement of a pub, which yep. I won't mention. 
And, and um, listen, we're doing this off our own back. We we own most of the equipment, but yeah. there's new equipment we need. But but in saying that, Patreon aside, we do love when people just just tell us how good it is. And we are running the live event which we spoke about yep. earlier, which has already happened. Yeah. <laughs> Th- thank you for coming to the Thanks live for event. Coming to that. Uh, yeah. Imagine we both died during that, and this podcast went out via uh, a, a post on yeah. Facebook, which we uh, my family can have nothing. I am. Um, my family don't expect anything from I, me. I, to be honest, I don't have anything to give my family anyway. Can you? Uh, can, are you the black sheep of the family? No, it's not black sheep. In my family. No, everybody kind of gets on with each other. We're not like, it's like, it's not the fucking like. Yeah, like no, it's, been, it's not little house in the prairie. Like, but nobody hates like, each I'm other. The, I'm the younger brother that never really blossomed into anything. Well, I'm definitely the one who never grew up. Like my younger, yeah, my younger yeah. sister has children and, and a life. Like your sister rated our podcast recently. She does yeah, yeah Grace, yeah. yeah Grace, yeah Grace. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my parents were that unimaginative. They gave us the same initials. Yeah. Is your sister married? No, she's not. She you know, you have zero. You'd have zero crack with my sister. Why? Because she's a she's a she's no. You wouldn't. You wouldn't she's be listening able. right now. Yeah, it's probably not. My, maybe you would have no crack with my sister. My sister kill you. My, no, si- my well, sister's like, a fucking animal lad you What if I hope. threw a hot curry in her face like It happened, happened. She lived through that once She laughed at it now so, oh, you've, you've made her the hard woman she is oh, I've shaped her <laughs> Shaped her <laughs> Shaped her into the woman she is today Grace I hope you're listening to this and I hope you comment on it <laughs> um, But yeah listen aside from Patreon if you, don't, if you don't have the spare money You can always help us Just share out a podcast Comment on a podcast Let us know where we fucked up Let us know if we're too drunk It does happen every now and again We don't like, like it to be I'm like this I'm not going to lie to you I'm smashed up right now I'm, I'm, I'm alright I'm a solid 6 out of 10 I was about an 8 out of 10 20 minutes ago But it's, I'm coming out right now I'm a 9 and a half right now <laughs> um, But yeah listen if you want something out of us or you, you have a good idea for a podcast, let us know. Also, the listener submission thread is still there. You can add songs in oh, yeah. and we will we're, get around. We're, we're going to do a number four soon, yeah. which is actually, I'm, I'm surprised we're even at number four. Yeah, we're getting there. People are adding songs in. Also, be aware, you're not, you won't be the first person to join the Patreon. There's a gang of them. You know what I mean? You won't be forced. And in. we appreciate all them. We, we genuinely, genuinely actually do. It's, it's paid for microphones. It's paid for uh, hosting space. Yeah. So hosting is a big it. thing. Hosting is very, very expensive. But listen, until next week, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to our Halloween spooky period. Fucking all periods are spooky. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.